The night is darkest, just before the dawn. The bat rises before the sun set. The sun set before the penguin. The penguin before the Gotham. That's right, everybody. <laughs> We're here. It's here. It's happening. <laughs> Welcome. And a crispy Chris Kringle and a Merry Christmas to you and your family. We're here. It's Christmas morning. It, the, the, the frost is on the window. The snow is falling outside. You could almost hear the reindeer clip clop clopping along the, the chimney. Um, you can the, the candles are lit. The turkey's in the oven. And your family's gathering around yelling about what the newest political campaign message is on the TV. Everybody, it's Christmas Day. And that means that today, December 25th, 2023, is the 30th anniversary of Batman Mask of the Phantasm. My name is Zach Rotello, at Zach Rotello on Twitter. And sitting with me on this auspicious occasion on this podcast are two very close friends of mine, my, my bestest of friends. They're John best friends. Swan Song Parker. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Happy Merry going Christmas. Really well. Merry Christmas. Merry Batmas. Merry Batmas. And uh, Zach Rutello, your angel of death approaches <laughs> in the form of a bottle of whiskey that you and I are going to take to the Dome on New Year's. You betcha. The Batmobile lost its wheel and the Joker got away. And the Joker got away right to Uncle Cal's apartment because sitting below me is Uncle Cal. Hey, hey! You got you hanging out with the Joker there, Uncle Cal. You holding out hanging on us? Where is Joker? he? Bring him out. Bring out the funny man. <laughs> Hold on, let me get <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Cal. Better. Glad to have video, you on the show. I had the big smile. That would be. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that he was going to join the Zoom call with just like the Joker paint and like the white the white face paint and the Joker paint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, we're here, everybody. This is it. The moment you've all been waiting for. This is not just Radiovania. This is Radio Vision. This is one of the, what we've talked about for a long, long time, a buildup, a moment that we've been anticipating since we've started this sideshow podcast of ours where we've been talking about Batman, the animated series. Today, we're reviewing Batman Mask of the Phantasm, the 1993 animated film. And John Swansong Parker has been working his ass off to make yeah. this a hell of a show, but he asked me to introduce the show and just do the plug. So I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to get out of his way because I feel like he's about to just roll us over like a fucking Zamboni over here. It's like going to be the best show of all time. And I'm excited to hang out and talk Batman with you guys, but this is radio vision. If you like the show, you can keep up with all the old podcasts. If you've been listening to all the other episodes of Batman, the animated series that we've been talking about, Keep on the feed, Radiovania.com. We appreciate every single one of you. And what better to spread the Christmas cheer than singing loud for all to hear and giving us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice. And you can just go to Radiovania.com to do so. Follow us on the podcast form, uh, platform of your choice and give us a five-star review. And uh, you know, like us, share us with your friends. If you really, really enjoy the show, maybe text it to a friend of yours. Be like, hey, these guys talk about Batman. I think you might like it. You like Batman too. What's better? What's not to love? We, the, you know... Give the gift of podcasting this Christmas season and follow us at Zach Rotello, at Najathan Parker. Uncle Cal, you're not plugging any sort of like. No, he's got He's got an Insta. I am. I'm Cal on a plane. At, Ca Cal, at on Cal, Cal on a plane. Cal underscore on underscore. I don't know. Something like that. You'll find him. Cal on You'll a plane. Find you can find <laughs> it. You'll find it. 
Yeah, Come so there. follow. I'll, we'll follow link it. We'll link them in the post the when this yeah, when this goes up. Yeah, yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, follow us all on the social media platforms out there. Follow the show at Radiovania on Twitter, uh, formerly X or X, formerly known as Twitter. And then you can go to Threads and follow us at Radiovania Show. You can email us Radiovania at gmail.com. and uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. I uh, hope you are all excited for this episode because I'm certainly excited. This has been in my calendar we, since we started talking about this episode. I've had it yeah. in my calendar for tonight. Just be like, okay, it's Friday night. It's the weekend. We're getting, we're rolling into the weekend. We're going to talk about Batman. I'm excited. Um, and I think it's going to be a fucking good show. So that's all I got. Great intro. Thank, Thank you for doing that you always hype us up man it's so i'm so honored uh, i don't want anybody to think that this is going to be the greatest pod of all time but i'm not not saying that it couldn't be so let's just leave that out there but i'm really excited to talk you know about this movie with both of you uh it's been a build-up as zach said for our radio vision feed cal you have not joined us for radio vision before but i know I we've not. talked about it off off the mic but uh yeah we, we've been watching every episode of batman the animated series and Right now, we're about 55 episodes into that show, so we're a little over halfway, and uh, this is the perfect time, I think, to take a break from talking about single episodes um, to talking about a feature-length movie released in theaters on this day 30 years ago. Yeah, I did get an email, or actually text, from one of your fans asking yeah. if I was going to be on this episode, so yeah. I... Uh... Yeah, I definitely made sure to make it tonight, even though I was a bit late, but uh, I'm here. We'll have to thanks for waiting on me later on. Of course, we, we, really... we couldn't absolutely positively could not do this episode without you. I mean, this is like, yeah, because we need somebody that was alive when it came out. <laughs> that was the thing. Like you said, it's 30 years and I was like, fuck. I was like yeah. 19 when this came out. So oh, 19 years God. old, young Got whippersnapper. Yeah, Dude, yeah. I, I have so many questions. So I don't know. I don't want to interject too early, but like I want to know what Cal was experiencing That's, at the time and that like his ex- took the words right out of my Man. mouth. I was gonna go to him and and have him explain. Um, and oh. we'll go kind of around to you, Zach. Next, first time you saw the movie and okay, and first cool. thoughts. Yeah. The future was right ahead of me, man. You know, it was uh, <laughs> right there. I was uh, ready to take on the world. 19 years old. So you saw, did you see it in the theaters? Yeah, I saw it in the theaters. Um, Were you in New York at this time? No, I was not. I, I had seen it in the theater before going to New York for school. Did you, tell, during... did you tell Zach you went to film school? I think Zach knows that story, but Zach, I don't know. Did you know I Cal went to film I school think, in New York? Yeah. Yeah. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, his experiences in New York. We've definitely talked his, about this before. His Kevin Smith origin story. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, it was Kevin Smith made clerks right at the same time I was in New York. And all I had to do was go to Jersey and I could have probably You could have been Silent Bob. Yeah. <laughs> could have just shown up and been like, hey, what's up? Can I hang out? Um, but yeah, so at one point we found out Mark Hamill was gonna be at the Warner Brothers store for wow, this movie warner brothers store what a time he was promoting this movie and so we all ditched class and i found a uh a mask of the phantasm poster a one sheet which we can't find we can't find yeah and so like the people with me one guy brought a baseball another guy brought a rubber duck and we they they made an announcement when we we got in line that he mark hamill was not signing anything and um so we uh 
We're like, yeah, okay, but everybody had stuff, and yeah. of course, Mark Mark did not say no. Like, so when everybody yeah. like went up, he was signing everything, and then they made the next announcement was like, Mark will sign one thing per person. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I, I somewhere have this poster of Mask of the Phantasm, and it, it kind of breaks my heart that when you guys were here and when we met Kevin Conroy, that we didn't find yes. it, that I could have gotten Kevin to Both sign it as well, yeah. and that would have been a, a really cool piece to have framed. But um, absolutely. Yeah, you know, um, but yeah, it, this still remains my favorite Batman movie of all time. You know, eighty nine Batman had been out before, yep. and um, you know that was when I was in high school, and this Batman came out. Returns has also been out. By the oh time wow, this movie yeah, came. Batman yeah. Returns has been out. Batman, Batman Returns, Returns was the summer before. I mean, Batman Returns. That's great. You know, it was one of those things that like we we loved eighty nine Batman, and the Batman Returns wasn't as great at the time for me and then it's now like definitely grown on me as a christmas movie and so uh i'm really uh it's always sunny in philadelphia fandom has really helped that movie's longevity i think (laughs) like in in ways that can't actually be described yeah (laughs) and and christopher walken and everything right i mean there's just so much in that movie to, to, to pull apart and and love but but this has always been like my favorite batman movie and even uh at the time after like moving out of the house and like watching the animated series and then and getting into just to watch this movie in the theaters and um you know you just pull it pull it out and just re-watching it i just rewatched it the other night and it still holds up it's still amazing i i did have some major major issues with some pieces at some points where i was like oh kind of looking back on this is it perfect no but it is uh it's a it's a great film. Yeah, for sure. Tight 70 minutes too makes it utterly rewatchable. Um yeah, oh yeah. You can throw this on and make and eat breakfast in the time it takes for you to start and finish the movie, which I think is just amazing and I have done it many times. Uh Zach, what is your first exposure to seeing Batman Mask of the Phantasm if you can recall? Yeah, no, I absolutely do recall. Uh, it was a special time uh, because, you know, the genesis of this whole podcast, like the Radio Vision and us talking about Batman, the animated series is because, you know, we, you know, we're all big Batman fans and, you know, we love the cartoons. And I grew up watching Batman, the animated series, but it was like in not in syndication or whatever, whatever you called it, like the episodes ran like kind of whenever they ran on on TV, like when I was a kid, like it wasn't like, you know, the the age was just different, right? You didn't know what you were watching at what point you just saw Batman on TV. And you're like, all right, well, I'm locked in, baby. I'm gonna watch whatever this episode is. So I remember watching the show and like not really having much of a you know, a connection overall to the overarching plot of Batman. But I just watched the episodes and really, really enjoyed them. And I didn't think much of it, but I was young, young, young. Like, I mean, I was born in 94, um, April of 94. And um, so the animated series had already been running. The movie had already been out. So it wasn't until like later in the 90s that I really have cognizance of like Superman, the animated series and Batman, the animated series and all that good stuff. And I remember yeah. having a DVD with some episodes of Batman, the animated series and one of the computer games of the show. Um, yeah. And Phantasm, the movie had just completely escaped me. I had never seen it. I had never watched it on TV. I, I had never had any memories of, of watching the movie. And it wasn't until college when a uh, a, a young, a very young John Swansong Parker and a young Zach 
uh, were hanging out in the basement of the Parker household in Doing Lebanon, the Lord's Ohio. work. <laughs> um, and he said, we're going to watch, we're going to, he said, we're going to watch this movie. And it's a, it's a, it's Batman, the animated series, but it's a movie. It's mask of the phantasm. And you're going to, you're going to like it. I promise. And so the first time I ever got to watch this movie was actually with, with you, John. And yeah. So- shout out, shout out to the old, uh, the old Parker Lebanon house with that gigantic L couch. It was great for yeah movie nights and everything. And yeah. And other stuff so that might've happened cold. down there. <laughs> cold down there too. <laughs> Freezing. Oh. It was so comfortable. Yeah. Uh, what were you, so, okay. So you watched it as a, as an adult man, young adult, but an adult yeah, man. Yeah. And uh, what did you think of it? Watching it for the first time as an adult. I mean, Cal, the first you and Cal both watched it as adults, and I did yeah. not for my first time. Just to to tip my mm. story. Yep, the first time I saw it, I mean, I watched it with you, so it was cool to watch it with someone that was really passionate. I think that honestly, the best way to experience some movies is to watch them with someone that's really passionate about them. Um, yeah. I feel like I inevitably like the movie more because I feed off of their energy. So that first time watching Phant- Phantasm with you was probably one of the more special movie experiences that I've had. Um, in that era, especially, but just like having you be, you know, so excited about the movie and like us being able to talk about it afterwards and like, like the, the lights all down. And when Joker shows up for the first time, it's like, man, it it was like, it was a movie experience that I won't forget. So, um, yeah, definitely, you know, very positive on it the very first time I watched it. And it it had been some time, like this might've been the only the third time, third or fourth time I've seen the movie all the way through. Um, and, but the first time we watched it together was gosh, 2014 eight, 2015 eight, 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 seven to eight years ago at this yeah. point yeah before so, even radiovania had had taken off and now we're finally talking about it on the pod which is actually kind crazy. of a failure for me that we didn't <laughs> talk about it sooner uh <laughs> did this come out between like seasons what season uh were we on at the animated series when this came um out? so it was actually still on the cusp of the first order of like 60 something episodes which was 92 okay. 93 so in in the middle of that time frame before yeah. they were extended to another 25 and then much longer before the new Batman adventures, which was in 97, I think. So cool. Well, that, I mean, that's a, what hey, about you? Merry, yeah, Merry Christmas, mean, man. That's, that's a great heartwarming story. I no, had, uh, I mean, like, seriously, I had I, forgotten I mean, that that was your, the, yeah. the first time you had seen the movie. Actually, that's, that's really cool though. Yeah, I mean, like not to get overly cheesy, but it is a special it's a special movie to me because it it was like it, it reminds this movie reminds me of the genesis of our friendship. And so for sure, um, you know, while I did have my memories of Batman, the animated series as a young kid, like this movie to me re- reminds me of like and I don't I don't want to get too overly sentimental or whatever. But the other day I was like looking through, you know, at Christmas time. It's like it started the new year. It starts making me nostalgic and stuff like that. And I was looking through some old photos and I was like looking through old photos of like you and me around the microphone for the first time when we were recording, we started the show. And I was we like, man, we were so young. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, we look, so, we look like little fucking babies. And I was like, Together we'll be old men waiting to die alone. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it's a special movie to me in that respect. And I, I'm excited to talk about it more in depth with you guys. Like, scene by scene and plot by plot and like having it in the context of the show is gonna be really cool yeah. but yeah i would love to hear you know you're the host of the show for all intents yeah. and purposes well i, I mean hear your history. i think that's kind of sweet because it kind of ties our little trinity that we have here together because my first exposure watching it was from cal giving me a copy of it i don't know if you remember this cal but once the dvd no. started to come out in the laser discs you actually just gave me your vhs tapes for 
Sub-Zero, Batman, Superman movie, and Phantasm. And I watched those tapes until they burned out pretty much. And then I was able to eventually have an allowance to get DVDs. Uh, so I watched it at home. Um, I think I probably just watched it with my mom or my dad. I can't really remember. It would have been early on, though. So like maybe five I gave or you six those tapes, old. but we didn't watch it together, huh? I, don't, I think it was when I was still in, in Arizona or Hawaii. So I don't know how much time hmm. we would have had to sit down and watch it necessarily or maybe we did watch it at your house and then like i took them home but yeah. i can't again i can't really remember as long as i can remember this movie has been around so i think that that is a, a nice sentiment for me being such a fan of the show and you can hear about my my history with batman the animated series on our radio vision feed go check that out but yeah i mean i i will reiterate some of the stuff that cal said this movie holds a, a special place in my heart in terms of the pantheon of Batman movies. And then I will co-sign with what Zach said, which is a, it is always a pleasure to show this movie to somebody because it is the not ugly stepchild of Batman movies, but it is the overlooked gem. I think of Batman movies where like the real ones know, and then people that haven't seen it yet, but are familiar with Batman. If you can get them down to commit to the 75 minutes, they're like pretty impressed with what they were able to do in an animated movie with only, that short amount of time it does show up in a lot of like rankings though as number one sure because all the people that are your age are now running those sites you know what i mean <laughs> that have grown up on that property or even my age too you know it's like like people that work for ign and, and we have some lists that we'll talk about a little later on here where they talk about some of that stuff like it comes up for sure so yeah but yeah well i uh i figured we can kind of talk a little bit about some of the production facts of the movie real quick before we dive into some more thoughts and then do it. the plot itself. But uh, Yuki's batting that ball around in the background. Can you hear that? No. Okay. No. Go. You, uh, get a so ghost. Some... you get a ghost in the apartment. You got a phantasm in there. No, it's, it's the cat. It's the cat. It's cat I, I just started my, say. uh, started my movie, but I, it's on pause, but you're good. All right, so so uh, quick facts about the movie. It was directed by Bruce Tim and Eric Rondomsky, the two co-creators of Batman the Animated Series. Bruce Tim, most notably, is known for creating the animation style of the DC Animated Universe, beginning with Batman the Animated Series, all the way through Justice League Unlimited, which was kind of like that canonical timeline of, of those shows and movies that have come out, including this one. And it's written note, by. I think I yeah. might have a uh, original Bruce Tim drawing somewhere and all this crap at my house. So now that awesome. would be cool if you could find that frame that <laughs> shit. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is written by a, a couple different people, some of which are household names for those of us that are are tuning into Radio Vision pretty much weekly. Uh, written by Alan Burnett, who is a, a main producer of the animated universe back in the '90s and the 2000s. Paul Dini, Paul Martin Dini. Pasco, and Michael Reeves. Now Paul cool. Dini is is famous in Batman, the animated series and Batman Pantheon period as, uh, as the creator of Harley Quinn, a couple other characters in Batman, the animated series, as well as pretty much the one that formulated what the Joker would be like within the confines of the animated Batman show. Zach, did you mm. know Paul Dini was attached to this going into this most recent rewatch or was that kind of like a nice refresher? Cause you and I talk about him quite a bit every time he comes up. No, I, I knew. I, I mean, we had talked about this a couple of times because every time we've on the regular Radio Vision show when we've been doing like episodes of Batman, we've talked about like, oh, here's what this director has been doing. And like, here's the episodes that they've done so far. And every a lot of these people are, are you know, uh, the usual suspects that show up for 
Mask of the Phantasm. So I knew that he was attached. Yeah, yeah other people like Kevin Altieri and Dan Ribba, other people from Batman the Animated Series are um, production director directors or like, um, what do they call it? Sequence directors. Sorry. Right for this movie so that the whole team was allocated towards making this movie and we'll talk a little bit about why here in a moment uh music uh composed by shirley walker who also composed the show that classic batman the animated series theme kicking in right at the beginning Hell with yeah, the baby. phantom menace style duel of the fates opera <laughs> yeah. which is just you know, <laughs> so good so good starring kevin conroy rest in power uh dana delaney mark hamill hart bochner Abe Vigoda and many more that we'll talk about. Um, real quick, while we're talking about the cast, obviously we'll talk about the performances later. This re this product like production of of making this show notes for for the thirtieth anniversary, almost a year after we've talked about Kevin's passing, was extremely like surreal. I think to put together because this is definitely his best performance as Batman. I don't think there's any way anyone can dispute that. Obviously, he has probably more hours in the TV show and the video games, but this like one performance and yeah. one character arc, I think is easily his apex. So either, either you guys have any disputes against that. No, no, not <laughs> disputes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, we, I, the, I left the gavel in my other, in my other okay. office. I was making think... sure I was about to like drop off the pod immediately. No, no, I think that, you know, I, I mean to say like, we've seen a lot of really great, Kevin Conroy performances. I mean, like in the episodes that we've talked about that have land on the S tier ranking in our Batman, the animated series list. It's like, yeah, man, perchance to dream. There's a lot of like really, really cool Kevin Conroy, like moments, the clock King, beware the great ghost. There's a lot of awesome, even a uh, but two face, Mr. Subseer. What's the, what's the Nora episode? What's it called? Heart of ice. Heart of ice. Heart of Thanks ice, so yeah. much. Yeah. I there's a lot of really, tears, <sighs> if I had any tears to shed, <laughs> There's so many great Kevin Conroy performances in the show, but yeah, this is, uh, I mean, this is just like, you want like a, a perfect photo frame to say like, this is the, this is the performance. You got it right here. This is, this is Kevin Conroy's Batman. 100%. A budget of $6 million. Budget was fucking crazy. Right. By the way, just, (laughs) just to put that in context, six, six million dollars. Do you know how much Spider Man into the Spider Verse cost to make? It's like it's like two fifty million, right? I think. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I, even, I was maybe hoping one seventy. Animation is either or. And ninety and think million. About that, ninety, 90 million. million. That whole intro is computer generated too, right? It is. Yeah, they they yeah. Um, thought about using it for future installments of the show, but they they wound up keeping the original title sequence. Which, yeah. Thank goodness for that. Um, well, it's funny because they have that Batman the Animated Series video game that was like for Genesis or something. Or yeah, I remember well, that. No, it wasn't Genesis. SNES. I, I yeah, and it's just like so. It was it was a really difficult game because the game mechanics suck, but it it had that whole style of that computer generated piece at the intro, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, like we mentioned, released in theaters on December twenty fifth, nineteen ninety three. I'll talk a little bit about the production of that release date here in a minute. Uh, box office for this movie's lifetime. Unfortunately, to this date, I can't open my link. Zach, can you open the links 
for these. I certainly next can. Ones. Thank yeah, you. why? Why you got a computer? Paychecks problem? is blocking me. I, I forgot about that. <laughs> what, all right. So wait, what I do you want first? I made this doc on my personal computer. Box, uh, box office, office mojo, please. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, overall, I mean, box office mojo reports total lifetime numbers. So I think that this actually includes any kind of re-release. Yeah, I want to do the lifetime because it's it stands out. Yeah, lifetime. Um, domestic, uh, five point six million dollars international 213,000 dollars uh for it a worldwide not broken even no six million dollars <laughs> six million dollars gross worldwide apparently okay i'm gonna upgrade my copy on voodoo now to 4k to give them more money <laughs> just to At try current- to get that total <laughs> It, what according to Box Office Mojo, the, the the widest release that I have was one thousand five hundred six theaters, and that is fucking downright criminal. Yeah, that's downright criminal. Yeah, very small release though, and and they had a tight window to get this into theaters, so it doesn't really surprise me. They've had Fathom events where you can see it. I saw it five years ago at a Fathom event for the twenty fifth anniversary. It was fucking awesome. If you can see this in theaters and i'm really sad that they didn't do it for this 30th anniversary but hopefully they do it sometime again soon maybe 35 or 40 get the go see it it's really fun it's a fun 70 minute venture into the theaters go to the alamo draft house get some truffle butter popcorn sit back baby sit back and enjoy enjoy some uh kevin conroy and mark hamill hopefully i'll be alive for the uh 40th anniversary you better be alive in 10 years <laughs> jesus <laughs> uh zach can you give us the rotten tomato score please critical and audience yeah we'll talk about rotten tomatoes again like we talk about this a lot of the times it's like rotten tomatoes critical you know it's it's an amalgamation but it's also an aggregate so it's you know yes. the amount of percentage of people that gave this positive reviews so according to a whopping 57 reviews by critics the movie has an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes with an 88% audience score. So 82% of the 57 critics gave it a positive review and 88% of over 5,000 audience ratings gave it an, uh, a positive review as well. Not high enough, in my opinion. Not high Pretty enough. Crazy. Get, out there and, get out there and review the movie. It's the you 30th want- anniversary, you cucks. So, something crazy is um the uh the Batman movie with Adam West uh that movie has an eighty one percent critical review oh Batman sixty six movie yeah wow and, and Batman Beyond Return of the Joker has a one hundred percent critic review on now Friends. that movie is a fucking gem it's not better than this movie but that movie is fucking sick have you seen that one Zach no. Oh no yeah <laughs> oh. I haven't seen it in a long New Year's <laughs> New Year's I'm like that meme where he's like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was All right. Such a moving, good scene. moving into oh. some, uh, <laughs> some fun facts here. Talking a little bit about the production. Um, impressed by the success of the first season of Batman, the animated series, Warner brothers and Fox assigned Alan Burnett to write a story for a full length animated film with the intention of it originally being released directly to home video. This is peak. 1990s home video immediate releases that you go to Blockbuster and watch on, you know, friends or family movie night, things like that. Think like all those Disney sequels that went direct to video. That's kind of the the budget that they're operating. Aladdin with. three to far needs glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I stand for Aladdin three Prince of Thieves, actually. Prince but, of Thieves, know, yeah. that, that was a good joke. That was a good joke by you. Um, the original the original idea was for Batman to be stuck in Arkham Asylum with all of his villains holding a kangaroo style trial 
where they are essentially telling him why they are the way that they are and putting him on trial for causing it. And the studio was like, maybe this is a little too ethically, you know, murky for a for a, a animated feature film that we're trying to sell. So they actually wound up canning that and putting that into a later episode of the show that Zach yeah, and I will get a... to talk about on Radio Vision. Oh boy, right. great episode of of it is a great <laughs> series. It's called Trial. It's fantastic. Oh, instead, I sentence you to death by exile. Is that <laughs> in it? No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Instead of that, they decided to step away from the rogues gallery and Alan Burnett and his other, you know, cohorts of writers decided to come up with the story that was more like a murder mystery, um, something that'd be a little more compelling for, for a full length feature, as well as finally telling Batman in this context origin story. So we've never really up to this point in the show seen his first year as Batman and kind of all the stuff that you see in Batman Begins in year one, the comic book written by Frank Miller, even a little bit in the Batman uh, in 2022, where he's still kind of figuring shit out. So pretty cool that they kind of shifted gears while not completely throwing that idea away. Yeah. Um, Halfway through production, though, they found out that Warner Brothers is like, this is pretty good. Why don't you guys <laughs> release this in theaters? And they had mm. been animating it for television so that you could watch it at home and they had to get all hands on deck and in under a year change the aspect ratio of the entire movie in order to release it on widescreen in theaters so if you're like man mask of the phantasm holds up in hd and looks so good on my my screen it's because all these poor bastards in less than a year were stuck reanimating stuff and expanding frames which i think is just you know really impressive so yeah uh, Alan Burnett wrote the script with Martin Pascoe, writing the flashback sequences for Bruce Wayne and Andrea Beaumont. Uh, Michael Reeves wrote the climax sequence at the the House of the Future and Gotham's World Fair. And Paul Dini, quote unquote, said filling in where he was needed. He would later reveal that he was mostly punching up the Joker sequences um, that were in, you know, a majority of the second and the third act of the film. According to Kevin Conroy, Andrea Beaumont was named after voice director Andrea Romano, who was the voice director for all of the early DC animated projects, such as Batman, the animated series and Justice League. So cool little fun fact plug there. During production, Paul Dini was actually this is not a fun fact. This is just a fact. But Paul Dini was assaulted while walking home during production and sustained severe injuries. You can actually read his recounting of the events and his PTSD slash mental health struggles in the fallout of that in his own uh, comic book that he published through Vertigo. It's called Dark Knight, A True Batman Story. It's a really cool graphic novel, self-contained story. It both gives you some kind of behind the scenes production into Mask of the Phantasm as well as just like a really interesting story from Paul Dini's perspective. Really, really deep stuff in that. <clears throat> yep, it hits on all the stuff that you don't really want to think about when you're reading a comic book, but it is God. important, I think, yeah. to, to kind of read but it. But excellent, excellent book. But yeah. yeah, art by Eduardo Rizzo, a very good book. I have it mm. hardbound over in the bookshelf over there. Uh, the year two fiasco. So Mark Barr is a comic book writer who's also a show writer on Batman the Animated Series. So he regularly visited the studio. Um, and the storyline in year two in Detective Comics in 1987 was allegedly such a heavy influence on the design of the Phantasm character that he was actually granted a, for- a portion of the film's box office success. 
Um, this is mostly talking about a character called the Reaper. I included an image here in the doc yeah. for you guys to see. Whoa. Reaper is yeah. got two giant scythes for hands, uh, yep. hooded and cloaked with a skull. Very clearly, you know, a outline blueprint for them to create the phantasm. So he's getting paid to write Batman the animated series too. So it's not really, you know, it's a little bit of stealing, but you're stealing from in-house at DC comics. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I've read year two and other appearances by the Reaper. The phantasm is by far more interesting because of the twist of who it actually is. Um, So that's pretty cool. Uh, Dane, I, I don't know why I put Lana. I think I was thinking Superman here. Dana Delaney oh. would go on to become a longtime member of the DC animated family. Uh, she would actually land the role of Lois Lane beginning in Superman, the animated series in 1996. Her and Kevin Conroy would reunite for a TV movie crossover in that series called World's Finest, also known as the Batman Superman movie. If you had the VHS mm. tape like myself, uh, and the premise of that is Batman comes to Metropolis to capture the Joker and meets Superman, Lois Lane, Lex Luthor and others. Really good, fun little, you know, three part television episode or feature length film if you have the DVD. And uh, yeah, he steals Lois Lane from Clark Kent and Clark Kent is pissed. But I think it's funny because if you've so seen good. this movie, Kevin Conroy and, and those voice actors have voice chemistry, which is. Was thing. that the genesis for World's Finest in terms of like. No, a- World's yeah. Finest is a DC Comics title since the 1950s that featured okay, Batman it. and Superman. So that has always been the the duo. That's their name. Essentially, it's like a dyad in the force, but cooler. <laughs> let's talk about that for a second <laughs> I'm just kidding. no we're not no. we are not talking no. about that right now let's see if i can open this link or not i can uh back in 2023 earlier this year uh the phantasm on ign.com ranked 24 out of 25 best superhero movie villains of all time so let that sink in there who do they rank That's, number one? Joker? Uh, Thanos, I believe. Thanos? Thanos. I think it's Thanos. I'm scrolling to the bottom. People love it that, is Thanos. Gen- yeah, that Thanos. genocide thing. I mean, people love genocide. Clip I mean, that they do. Shout, out to, <laughs> shout out to genocide. Yeah, Thanos number one. Heath Ledger Joker number two. Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman three. Killmonger, Jack Nicholson number Joker four. number seven. Uh, Willem Dafoe Green Goblin number five. Magneto Ian McKellen. Jack Nicholson, so on and so forth. But yeah, I mean, it's a fun little list here. But Phantasm making that top 25 is is pretty cool, even in the year of our Lord 2023. Sure. So, and then in a separate IGN article, which IGN is not the end all be all. I was just on the same website. Um, Batman Mask of the Phantasm ranked 16 out of 25 for the best superhero movies. This was taken back in 2020. And I would argue since 2020, there's only been two comic book movies that would even be on this list to potentially dethrone or move it around from 16 for them. For me, it's not 16. Ain't no way. <laughs> Go listen to our radio mania <laughs> episode where we rank every comic book movie that we've seen. It's a fun one. We should do that with Cal sometime. Actually. We just, that was a we just one. ask wow. him to make yeah. his list. Yeah, every that would be cool. Movie. Okay. <clears throat> Almost done with the fun facts here in 1995, uh, Siskel and Ebert, uh, film critics that were very prominent for multiple decades there finally reviewed the film a couple years later lamenting that they did not see it theatrically both praised the animation and story of the film although Siskel had one bad take which was that he did not like the Joker's voice which what? is very 
He's the only guy that has ever said, you know what, Mark Hamill Joker? Not for me. <laughs> Very strange. At that time, they both rank it second out of all the Warner Brother Batman films right behind Batman 1989. So wow. you'd have to think at that point, there was 66 Batman, Phantasm, 89, and Batman Returns. So two out of four. Or sorry, uh, two out of five because Batman Forever had just come out at that time too. So. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that is why they were actually reviewing it. They were like, hey, if you don't like this new Batman, go check out this Batman movie that came out a couple years yeah. ago. It's a cartoon, but it's really good, which is kind of funny if you if you watch their whole uh, review. Lastly, Mask of the Phantasm was cited as an example of a film that effectively personified the character's inner bubble, quote unquote, and psyche by actor Robert Pattinson, who portrayed Batman in Matt Reeves film, The Batman in 2022. Phantasm and the Court of Owls storyline were uh, Rob Pattinson's citations for his portrayal of Batman without the, uh, while including, I guess, the crazy Arkham style violence that he portrays on screen too. But uh, what was that face and... for Uncle Cal? What, what was the, what was the curdled face there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what's going on there? Uh, no, it's just that whole, that, that whole movie. <laughs> Not a fan. Are you? Good on, good on Robert Pattinson. No, I'm more of a, I don't have many problems with that movie. It's more on the direction. You know, I think they could have edited a lot of that movie out and we could have been happy. And uh, we he says we as if he's collectively saying that I'm fine with yes. a three hour Batman movie. <laughs> no, <laughs> you were just saying how great this movie is. You can make breakfast, too. And now you're like, yeah, three hours is awesome. It's different styles, baby. You know what I mean? Okay. Or I mean, I still dose, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tip my hand because one of the things that we'll do later, Cal's already tipped his hand, but we're going to talk about where this falls in our personal pantheons of Batman films. But uh, oh, yeah, we can have that discussion after the fact. Yeah, it's going to no be a discussion. good one. <laughs> there will be no discourse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, uh, without further ado, I think it's fine. It's time that we talk about the movie. But before we do that, uh, your most recent rewatches. Did you watch it with anybody? Did you watch it alone? Yep. What were your thoughts? Did you think it held up, etc.? I'm going to start with Zach. So uh, do you want to talk about what I personally thought about the most recent rewatch? Or there goes yes. Cal. Can he still hear us? Can Cal hear I us? Can. Yeah, he's got a head oh, okay. He's got his head <laughs> I was like, oh, there he goes. He's I'm with you. Me. I'm with you, he's kid. The, Cal's he's the like, fantastic. He's like Ben Kenobi right now. My drink was empty. I was just, Use the just... force, Luke. Let go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah what um, were your personal thoughts as well as uh you know MLS? yeah so uh yeah well okay so person so i'll start with so i'll start with emily so um saw the movie the other night uh two nights ago rewatched it on on max um thought the visual was great i didn't really bat an eye about it not being 4k i guess i thought i thought it was 4k but um yeah, it was good to rewatch it. It was cool. It was like a mood setter. Turn all the lights off. Um, the new mood house setter that, in what way? Well, just like <laughs> a good mood setter for the season, right? It's like dark out. It's you know, I was just I'm messing with you, man. I appreciate you, but oh yeah, oh Cal, oh yeah, Cal unzips his pants. <laughs> Excuse um, me, <laughs> but I mean, like to be perfectly like honest like i mean this is one of my i mean aside from the first few times i saw the movie like this is probably one of my more favorite times i've gotten to watch it because um i i'm really happy with my new house i live in i live in a new place and yeah you have a great you have a great home like studio set up for sure yeah and since the last time you've been here i can't wait for you to come back to this house 
John, because like we've completely changed it all up. Like the couches, we got an actual legit couch where it's super comfortable and there's a bunch of blankets and we've gotten the surround sound set up and true toned out. So it's like the TV's all set up, the couch is there, it's all comfy. It's not like all awkward and shit. And uh, we have furniture and it's all good. So like the lights down low, the surround sounded up. The lights all dead, like this fucking movie just assaulting mm, mm. you in all fronts. I was just like, man, this is great. I was like, the soundtrack's awesome. The movie's awesome. Um, showed it to Emily, who's uh, my partner, and she was a very, uh, it was her first time experiencing the movie. Um, she's had very little exposure to the animated world of Batman, but Batman is, I think she would probably say it's her favorite like superhero she really likes the dark and gritty batman movie so that that it was made clear to me is like her she really thinks the batman is probably the the best batman movie um that's what she said before um but she also really likes dark knight dark knight rises batman begins the nobody likes those movies it's fine Um, (laughs) but uh so but she has made mention before that like she's seen a couple of the episodes of the cartoon that we've watched the batman the animated series and she's like it's not necessarily her favorite cup of tea. Like she thinks it's like some somewhat more like childish and cartoony, which I, which I get. I mean, that um, isn't the name. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's the animated series. It's, it's more, you know, aimed for kids. Uh, I, I, she's not watched some of the more, per, I think she might've overseen me while I was watching like fucking tiger, tiger. Well, I was going to say, I feel like the one that I remember you talking about watching with her was clock King, which is a great yeah. camp episode, but not like, Appointment yeah, I mean, in Crime it, Alley or the trial or things like that. Yeah, where it it's was like it was released character at night, studies. You know, it wasn't released. This was in not. TV I wouldn't during, say it was like, designed for kids. for kids. Yeah. No, they released it for adults during their animation hours, like at at night. Right. But yeah, um, but she said she really enjoyed the movie. I mean, like watching Phantasm. Like, I mean, it was cool. It. What are you laughing at, Cal? What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he just thought you wrote him off. <laughs> you were like. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. What do you want me to say? <laughs> you caught between respecting your uncle and uh, him disrespecting your lady. <laughs> no, I, res- I trust me. I respect my uncle. I, 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 no, I, I think that the movie. I mean, like the TV show is definitely aimed at a younger audience. But like it, we've talked about this many times with the Paul Dini episodes. There's so much subtext for adults, like. 100%. Almost got him. That whole episode is like, is as an adult, you can co- totally go back and respect that. Heart of Ice, Two Face, yeah. like these are all yeah. like stories that you can really appreciate as an adult. But there are other episodes of that show where it's fucking Moon of the Wolf or Tiger Tiger. Oh where yeah, it's like what in the flying fuck do is this shit? It's like this is this is like a step away from the being like a SpongeBob episode, right? Yeah. So. She really enjoyed Mask of the Phantasm. She watched she watched the whole thing with me. Um, That's good. She finished the- finished the movie. Yep, finished it out. Didn't God. storm out. Fuck this. <laughs> nope. Or fall asleep. Um, nope. 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 She 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 did say that she really appreciated the allusions to the Batman Begins sort of story, like having the Batman origin story, the origin. Yeah. like having that sort of like take on Batman, um, and also like. I, I don't know. It's cliche to say it, but like her big point was like, "Oh, the Joker's really cool." So, um, <laughs> yeah. everyone loves the Joker. Everybody. Loves and that's why he's in the fucking movie. They didn't want him originally, and they're like, "We gotta tie him in somehow." This is a feature length in theater movie. Yeah, 
I'm so glad so, they included him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was that was our viewing experience. It was it was a great time to watch it. Um and uh yeah, I, she enjoyed it. Um we'll talk about our criticisms here in a little bit because I do of have course. one specific things that a thing I do want to talk about. Sure, of course. Take that for a minute. Cal, uh just just surface level, how was it rewatching it your most recent time besides right now? Um, you know, I think uh I watched it what two nights ago. Still holds up. Love the movie. I don't think, uh, you know, I think I, I felt like it wasn't as there were some things in it now that I look at and go, yeah, OK. But would you, you say know. that that's the movie or you as a, a jaded man? That's <laughs> probably because I'm just jaded. I'm just I'm joking. <laughs> I'm, I'm just <laughs> a little horribly jaded now. I mean, it's 30 years ago when I saw it as a This is the guy that said Grogu is a villain on his last podcast appearance. Just as he is a villain. I completely stand by that. I know. I'm just joking. Um, Now, I, yeah, I mean, I think that we've got some things to talk about here in this movie about like some of the the stuff that goes on and uh, which we will be going plot by plot point yeah. soon to talk about some of that stuff for sure but other than that i mean i it still held up i, I it it did uh i didn't watch it all the way through the in this most recent one i it took me uh two sittings i think i watched it halfway and then watched it the next night so gotcha i didn't uh get through the entire thing in one night i did watch it um what about a year and a half ago i think as well maybe a year ago Okay. And um, the uh, the lady that was watching it with me fell asleep. So, Boo. yeah, Boo. Was, uh, this is the greatest <laughs> bad <Batman> auntie. <laughs> <laughs> this is the greatest Batman movie ever, and she fell asleep. So you know, but <laughs> she woke up sleeping on your porch with a note that said, "Get out, <laughs> yeah. get out." <laughs> What's you love black this and movie, blue and you red don't... all over? <laughs> you don't love me, but yeah. No, I, it's still amazing. I could watch this over and over again, more than sure. any other Batman movie. And I would, I would agree with that sentiment because uh, I've watched it three times in the last week and a half to prepare for this. Because my first time I watched it was with Julia, showing it to her for the first time, my lovely girlfriend. She had similar thoughts to Emily Zach, it seems, which was um, like parts of it were hard to get behind because the animation yeah. doesn't always like sync up with the voices, et cetera, because it's old mm-hmm. 2d style animation. She absolutely loved the fact that uh, the twist was actually pretty well concealed that Andrea yeah. is the phantasm yeah. and like thought that that was really cool to tie that character in so that you have, you know, Batman's worst fear would probably be that his long lost love is, is an arch villain essentially. So she thought that was really cool. She absolutely loved the Joker had no idea it was Mark Hamill until the movie was over. And then I told her and she was floored. Um, yeah, she has some, she had some nitpicky thoughts that we'll talk about when we get to those certain moments, but relatively, you know, had a good time and thought that it was actually more of a, more of a like interesting and thought provoking movie than just like a Saturday morning cartoon show. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think the general thing. the general vibe in our room after the movie was like, oh, it's not just like an animated movie. Like, uh, I think it was the vibe sw- sort of swung more towards like a Spider Verse than this it movie did has to- murder in it. People yeah. die in this movie. Dude, yeah, you this know movie's I mean? fucking die. violent as shit. Yeah. <laughs> People <laughs> will die. 
people uh, smoking and people drinking and like murder gunfire like, yeah, yeah all the, kinds this movie's of fucking violent as shit and it's rated pg right yeah mm-hmm. crazy crazy no rage. blood that helps well there's blood actually chucky Sauls but... is buying it right now <laughs> oh <laughs> pump your brakes kid pump your brakes oh, oh. all right um the second Spoiler, time I watched sorry. it was <laughs> the second time I watched it was to do uh, plot notes that we'll talk about in a little bit. And then the third time was fucking for shits and giggles, baby. I watched it at the gym last night while I was on the treadmill and then oh finished it when God. I got home. So it was great. Wow. I was I was over there, I was running on the on the uh, machine and I'm just watching Bruce and Andrea mm-hmm. just falling machine. in love and I'm getting a little misty and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> Had to put How some pearl jam on to get back in the gym. It's like City by the Sea all over again. How do I pump myself up at the gym? Oh, well, no, 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 no. We know how you pump yourself up at the gym, Uncle Cal. How do you pump yourself up at the gym? You go to the gym. You watch. You watch Batman. What do you What do you do? No, I, I listen to podcasts. Okay, me too. I mean, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't need podcasts and workout. I got to put on the Fixer by Pearl Jam and just get fucking revved up. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I laugh during workouts and uh yeah. Just maniac. <laughs> whatever. Just what I get you into. You do a it, lot more you know? hiking and walking though for your workouts. Yeah, biking, but it, so yeah. that is different. No, not biking, but it is like treadmill at like ten percent grade up and dealing with that, but still, yeah, no, it's just yeah. podcasts. Do women sure. hit on you at the gym, Cal? No. Wow. <laughs> they don't really they should. No. I feel like they should, right? That Cal's phone number is five 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 one. No, uh, yeah. Uh, usually, a lot of it's hotel gyms and stuff. So, but no. But I feel like you get Cal on one of those machines where it's like you're laying back on your back and you push the weights up with your feet, like like full frogman position, like this. <laughs> I feel like women are coming. Oh, yeah. It's like. Excuse me, sir. Can I buy That's you a the drink? Guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have him father my uh, father my child. Mm, well, heck, I need to <laughs> hang out in the gyms. You guys are hanging out and <laughs> playing I'll have what he's having. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who wants to talk about this uh, this movie story? I do want to talk about the plot. Can we take a a bathroom break? I was thinking the same thing. Take a quick pause and we'll come back and we'll dive into Mask of the Phantasm. Plot. And we're back talking about the plot of Batman Mask of the Phantasm. We pan over Gotham City while a beautiful choir serenades us. And our first set piece is an action set piece at the local casino in Gotham City. Chucky Saul, who we will find out his full name here in just a few minutes. He's talking to his gang. They got some forgery, you know, bills that they're trying to circulate and launder through the casino. Batman jumps in through the window, Dark Knight style, just comes in to extract Lau, pretty much. Takes down these goons, and we're off to the races. Um, before before oh, we wait, get wait, too wait. deep into it, I mean, do we want to talk at all about the the CG opening? I mean, does this still work for you guys at all? Like, how, how do you feel about the whole CG? No, the, the song does. The opening the song visually does, definitely, doesn't work yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, no. score, the score is great. The CG opening is a little not, doesn't hit the At the time, thing. though, it was probably cool. It sure. was probably really cool. Right, Cal? Sure. <laughs> i'm just kidding (laughs) i mean you know at the time it was like oh my gosh that was done with computers but it's still like you know it wasn't amazing 
Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that I think about is that like people talk about like you know Aladdin two is it is it is an analog to this right where it's like the the Agrabah even scene in the Aladdin when they're escaping the Cave of Wonders that's on the right. computer and it looks awful it's the worst part of that movie it does but it kind of fits in that movie like, sort game of vibe too. but like this it feels so disconjointed than from the whole rest of the movie it's at like, least it's the at least it's the beginning and it's not it's like yeah, yeah it's a tone setter I guess but the music I think is like. It's like how the Duel of the Fates part of Phantom Menace just makes that movie still rewatchable. You know what I mean? Where you're just like, I love this. I want well, yeah, it and I, and I yeah, think, you know, it wasn't as, as expected, you know, that intro with that music, you were just kind of like, okay. It just really just played out with the opening. It, it just really worked. Yeah. Brings me yeah. back into it. And then I love in this whole like first fight scene when Batman stomps the guy in the table on the table for sure oh, so great the guys under the table and batman just walks by and just crushes him i know it's great yeah so he Chucky murdered saw- that man he's just <laughs> killing fools. Yeah. cranium smash yeah that guy yeah. Is, that guy is dead that, that human being is gone was he saying tommy boy that guy might not call us <laughs> <laughs> uh so chucky saw escapes there's a garage attached to the casino and before he gets to his car a shadowy figure emerges in a smoke cloud and says, Chucky Saul, your angel of death approaches. He thinks it's Batman, fires a couple rounds into it. This person is unfazed, literally. It just phases right through it. We need to talk about this at some point. Um, yes, maybe we, we talk about it. Maybe we talk about it when we get to Buzz in a minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so takes no damage from this and starts chasing Chucky Saul uh, in his car. Chucky tries to run this figure over. It's the phantasm that you see on the poster. It's this gray cloaked figure with this mask on a scythe for a hand. It's really cool. Great character design. Totally stolen from the Reaper, but still really dope. Um, Love the sequence where phantasm jumps on the windshield and just fucking smashes through it. You know what I mean? Really scary. Like the score too is like a horror movie. You know, it's like a kind of like a John Carpenter almost like style slasher movie. Um. Chucky thinks he's going to run over the phantasm. Phantasm phases away and he just decides and well, not really decides, but he he get, he does cars don't fly Dom and just goes into the next building. But he doesn't live. <laughs> I through. love he this. Actually, I, dude, I love dies. this animation sequence, the whole the car running over the thing. And immediately from the beginning, just like just to comment on the animation style, it's like going while we've been going through over 50 episodes of the animated series on on Radio Vision, you can immediately tell that the all the work you can so tell the difference the animation is so rich the colors the the style it's everything's yeah. so detailed it's it's fucking awesome and that shot of the car doing the dom cars don't fly <laughs> thing or whatever it's like into the other building it's so beautiful it's su- such a cool tone setter yeah i love how the car is like hanging over the side and we have the we have the big wide shot where the silhouettes of the people look at the car and then look up at batman looking over the side and they're like hey batman you know what i mean like he's already like, oh, yeah. sowing the seeds of the fact that he didn't batman's over there doing the the seeking like, into the long yeah. game where he's like hey not me wasn't me <laughs> i also love it wasn't me <laughs> this sequence here too where he turns back around and phantasm like disappears up the stairs and he runs over and the camera pans with Kevin Conroy, like it's so cinematic the way they animated it too, yeah. where like he's got his hand on the wall and he's like peeping around the corner and there's the smoke trail just like disappearing off. Really cool shit. Um, Bat finds a little piece of glass there with some residue on it and he bounces on out of there. 
local councilman Arthur Reeves, new character. Uh, this is voiced by, or I should say, he is voiced by um, Hart ba- Botchner. Pretty cool. Uh, but anyway, Arthur Reeves calls for public arrests of Batman and pleads with the police participation publicly. Commissioner Gordon, Batman, that's his guy. He's like, no way. Batman did not kill Chucky Saul. You cannot blame him for that. I think this is a really cool part, too. They steal it in all the Nolan movies, which is vigilante justice is not real justice. He's created more villains than he's actually put away. Some say he's crazier than the villains that he's actually capturing and stuff like that, which I think is pretty sweet. Yeah, there's a great, great section in that where he like points over at the the police, Harvey, and um, yeah, and then like, is it Bullock that's there behind Gordon? Yeah, but he just like pulls his coat. Yeah, up he and, pulls like, his coat up because Gordon is like so pissed that somebody yeah. within his own office would be like publicly <laughs> disavowing Batman. Great so subtle. Great. Great, yeah, good point. Good point, Cal. That's very subtle but very cool. It's so good. Yeah, uh, Commissioner Gordon and and Bullock, same voice actors, um, Bob Hastings and and Robert Costanza from the animated series. So that's really cool, too. They're not really in this much, which I think is okay. There's a lot of characters in this that are not really featured as much because we have so many new characters. But the ones that are in it, particularly Joker and Alfred, really get some time to shine that they don't normally. Well, Alfred specifically, I will go ahead and say, gets a lot of time to shine in this movie more than he normally does. Back at the Batcave, Bruce identifies the smoke polymer on the glass shard. I like this scene when when uh, he turns off the TV and Alfred's like, you're the pure definition of sanity. By the way, I've ironed your tights and put away your exploding gas <laughs> Yeah, <balls."> right. <laughs> it's just like okay, really good shit there. Um, And yeah, so pretty much Bruce is doing some cool detective stuff there to just kind of determine that it's this, this smoke residue that's on the glass, right? created artificial now if we were all scientists i think that this whatever he says right here would actually be able to help us identify how the phantasm is able to take zero damage but maybe maybe not i don't know get some chemistry majors on it all right we'll work on i that. think it's all theatrics right like it's all the it's all the smoke it's, it's, just it's like, mysterio and yeah, alan burnett yeah. wanted to make batman's version of mysterio in this and they kind of succeeded for sure arthur reeves talks to a uh very sexy lipped woman on a plane we don't see her full her full physique yet she's flying into gotham to clear up some family finances and uh it's been 10 years since she was visiting he asks if she's gonna look up anyone in particular while she's looking at a, a magazine of bruce wayne and she says that he's ancient history and this guy's ready to pounce he's just fucking you can you can hear the boner in his voice oh it's, yeah it's that bad um <laughs> later on that evening at a wayne manor function uh, Bruce is surrounded by lovely ladies, one of which is a little upset that he hasn't called her back. She throws some champagne in his face. And Arthur Reeves is there to offer Bruce Wayne a handkerchief to wipe his face off. And kind of is like, you know, why are you fucking around so I much? I can tell what you where that? else you could put that handkerchief. I know. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, what happened to that super awesome girlfriend you used to have, Andrea Beaumont? And he's like, here you go. Here's your handkerchief. Why don't you shove it up your ass? <laughs> So at this point, do we feel that Bruce Wayne is the character? Yeah, that, for sure. So he's still that this Bruce is the Wayne facade. is not the real person. Yeah, this yeah. is the facade. Because he's like, he's got that smug grin on his face in the sequence. And the lady throws the, the glass of champagne in his face. And he's kind of like unfazed. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Also, and the champagne is animated, but it's like red, so it's yeah, like it looks like they're throwing red, like yeah. cranberry juice on them, like or rose, or, rose yeah, champagne, rose. maybe. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, like I would agree with you, Cal, because immediately after the scene, he goes into the the study where his parents' painting is hanging up, and his face immediately turns to a frown. And no, it's great when she throws the 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 champagne on his face. His face just changes. To like I don't care, whatever. Yeah. Like I got bigger fish to fry. Fucking Two Face just busted out of Arkham. Like I don't even yeah. need to be here. <laughs> what am I doing? I hate being at this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in typical Batman fashion, he looks up longingly at a picture of his parents, and we trigger some flashbacks. So, stay tuned. These flashbacks are better than the Book of Boba Fett flashbacks, but they are still no. flashbacks. So stay tuned uh, as we work our way through some of these. So, in our first flashback sequence. Bruce, <laughs> like a bantha, Bruce recalls <laughs> meeting Andrea in the graveyard. So Bruce is is visiting the Wayne family tombstone, which in this version of the animated universe, uh, it's in a public cemetery, as opposed yeah. to in most other versions where it's on the Wayne Manor grounds, notably the Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Um, it I helps it, for the meat cute, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good though in that that sequence you were talking about though when he walks out of the party and goes and sees his parents picture yeah. the face changes to just yeah. like he's not the he's not Bruce Wayne, you know, it's just I'm I'm beaten, I need to to fight kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's, you know, he's paying his respects to the Wayne Cemetery and Andrea is around the corner, not very far talking to her own mother who is is deceased and she's having like a conversation with her and bruce wayne keeps getting confused thinking that she's talking about him you know saying that he's cute that she's seen him on campus so they went to school together uh assuming college age i would imagine but not really entirely sure um and yeah they just have their their meet cute where they talk about if they talk to their dead parents and lamenting that you know They've been extremely awkward with each other's like past relatives and stuff like that. But he tells her that he made a solemn vow to his parents. And that's all he really talks to them about sometimes where she has full on conversations and she wants to know why if he has all that money and power, it looks like he wants to jump off a cliff. Yeah. And they both probably think that each other is a little crazy. That night, Bruce Wayne hits the streets, donned in all black. He's got a ski mask on and he stops a local robbery at the five and dime jumps down. He's, talking to the criminals way too much you know this moment too like his it, he has like a yell when he jumps yeah. in. he's like, he's like yeah. <laughs> i'm like all right bruce come on now <laughs> yeah he's figuring it out he's he's realizing that yeah. saying all these kung fu like you know war cries are not necessarily going to help you and you know strike fear into the criminals they almost immediately don't care they call him a clown which is a nice little plug there and uh he is able to dispatch of all these thugs but they do drive off and he chases after them Raiders of the Lost Ark style where he works his way up through the uh, through the truck. And uh, it's a fun action sequence. I mean, it's definitely like really well animated. We get to see a young Harvey Bullock detective riding in one of the local police cruisers. But it's, you know, in terms of substance, it's more of just seeing Batman kind of getting his footing. And he's not Batman yet. He knows he wants to be a vigilante and and strike fear into the heart of these criminals of, of Gotham and you know deliver on his vow to his parents but ultimately you know he's not quite doing it as cleanly as he will come to do it as batman i do want to say how close is this animation to like the year one stuff 
pretty similar yeah, in terms of like the character design. Uh, yeah. Have you read year one, Zach? I feel like yes, it's I been have. a while. Yeah, I have. So yeah, yeah, pretty similar. It's it was very notably like part of the production design that it would mimic some of that stuff while not taking beat by beat story points necessarily. When did yeah, year, year, year one come one, out yeah. in conjunction with like this movie? Eighty five, eighty six. Okay, mid mid eighties. And then so year there two had been a, a pretty substantial gap in time of like oh, people yeah. understood yeah. that year one was like Dark Knight Returns had come out before this movie too. Yeah, oh, that's Dark crazy. Knight Returns was first, and then year one, right? Did I get that right? Yes, okay. I think so. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Check it out. Written by Frank Miller, art by David Mas Kelly. Four issues. You can get it. Dark Knight Returns is shop. awesome. I mean, like Dark Knight I mean, Returns, four issues as well, written by Frank Miller and art by Frank Miller. Go check that out as well. Oh yeah, so, both classic Batman stories. Um, I believe I have three copies in leather bound editions, and two of them will be on eBay soon. So look for <laughs> <laughs> the leather bound edition that is the black one with the mm-hmm. window looking at Batman. Yeah. I will buy that from you because that's the first read that comic and i want that specific copy so oh, okay dibs i think i just found it fuck yeah is that shit gonna sell for like four thousand dollars if it sells for more than 50 bucks you can sell it oh, okay <laughs> all right if it's under that i want to buy it from you all right um so yeah so batman is able to stop these the cops show up he gets away a couple days later he's practicing jujitsu on the lawn at wayne manor and him and Alfred are talking about how he's not really striking fear into these these criminals. And Andrea just shows up. It's kind of like when Vicky Vale gets let into the Batcave a little bit. She's just Vicky like walks Vail. right up. Vicky, this was Vicky Julia's Vail. first like what the fuck moment where she's like, how does she just get onto Wayne Manor property? And I was like, you know, he wasn't Batman yet. So maybe security is just a little lax. I don't really know. I don't have a good excuse, but damn if Andrea Beaumont does not look good in that, that fucking sundress. Mm. You know what I mean? Zach just sent the uh, the eBay. Well, I posted here. an eBay listing for a leather bound Dark Knight Returns that's currently selling for one hundred and thirteen dollars. Oh, that is wow. not the copy that that Cal has. Oh, that okay. is cool though. It looks like somebody made that themselves. Very neat. Just curious. Huh. Looks so like anyway, a fucking Bible. <laughs> Andrea's, you know, upset that Bruce hasn't called, and he's like, "You expect everybody to call?" And she's like, "The one that's the ones that know how to dial the phone," which I think is great you know, repertoire. They are really great together. Oh, I'm just gonna go ahead. And, I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. So oh, much great. better yeah. than him and animated Catwoman, Talia, Zatanna, all the people that we've talked about lately. Um, and also like, it's time to talk about it. Dana Delaney is like top five sexiest voices for me. Voices. Oh, man. Specifically. Are you kidding me? Her Lois Lane might've triggered my puberty probably like a year <laughs> before it was. <laughs> completely necessary (laughs) but yeah i'm a big i'm a big fan of of her as a as a voice actor in this dc world and i think she's great in this film she's uh she's 67 gal give her a call um yeah that's a little new auntie lois lane 67 she's 67 years old she was born in 1956 i mean don't get me wrong danny delaney looked good Looks really what good. she look like now at 67 now. <laughs> I'm getting a photo for you. Hold on. Hold, please. Hold, please. 
This is you want to see boobies or no? Really, boobies for sure. <laughs> <laughs> is that even a question? All right, hold on. Uh, eh, and it's not going to be on. There's no way. <laughs> and a two and a three. In the chat it goes. There we go. There's no way we're going to be able to see that. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. There you go, Cal. Yeah, I know. Not bad. This is 67 Danny Delaney, huh? No way. That was her from a couple years ago. I was no, gonna, okay. when she was 45 yeah. no she was like 50 something there 55 58 she's great dana come on dana the love her marry my uncle um Please. anyway so bruce and her hit it off i liked the uh jujitsu um kazoon tight joke that was yeah that's good pretty fucking fun really good clever writing there you go cal Anyway, this is derailing. Hit her up. Stay DM, 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 DM. Where's the day on course? Uh, okay. I love the running bit of Alfred coming out and just walking in on Bruce, just yeah, about to have yeah, coitus yeah. with people. I think that's hilarious. He like comes his, out with the lemonade. He's like, oh, and then he just goes back. Yeah, oh. his facial. Yeah. You his could facial tell it's not the first time oh. for him. Yeah. But he's I think it's got a fetish at this point, though, man. He's like, Alfred he's watching from inside the manor. Yeah. yeah, I think it's bold that Bruce and her are just gonna fuck in the grass outside. But you know, whatever. It's pretty cool. When you're a billionaire and you have a mansion, you're tired Hell of fucking yeah. in the bedroom. You gotta. You just do not care. <laughs> you probably Back have to... a big coke, big coke habit too. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. That's why you all those dress- criminals have like multiple lacerations and things on yeah. them. You don't dress little, as a bat and go crazy. out at night without a little uh, nose candy. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> the Uncle Cal and uh, he's accusing Batman of having a coke habit. Just Bruce Wayne, not Batman. I mean, yeah, Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne. He gets yeah. shot at he, parties and he then he goes it. out the next night. Come on. He's got to have it's a little, little, uh, little uppity. That's a fair yeah. point. Or, or do you think he's crushing up Adderall and putting him in yeah, his like, orange juice in the morning? It's like, uh, you know, when uh, Ben Affleck did the Daredevil thing, he was chewing pain pills in the uh, the shower, you know? It's there. Good shit. Fucking love Duncan. Great movie. <laughs> Who's Cali taking? Fucking love Back Duncan. in the present day, another local gangster, Buzz Bronski and his boys are paying their respects to Chucky Saul. In the and middle Buzz, of the night. In the middle of the night. Because he's a criminal, you know, he's not going to show up during the day. But, you know, bold move after your friend gets whacked to go out at nighttime by yourself. He tells the boys to wait by the car. Bad idea. As he's approaching Chucky's grave, he calls him a loser. And Phantasm shows up again. Buzz Bronski, your angel of death approaches. This sequence is really cool in terms of the animation, like with the spooky trees and the graveyard and all the shadows that they play across people's faces. Also, an awesome death sequence where he just pushes dude the statue on brutal no oh, fucking yeah. absolutely brutal it's awesome yeah tough way to go out for sure now buzz bronski throws the um stick portion of a pickaxe through the phantasm who just puts his arms up and it phases through him so we got to talk about how do the phantasm powers work mysterio again they're just you think it's, it's a projection illusion it's a yeah, it's all optical illusion. It's like, what do you oh, mean? Like mirrors and shit. Sure, mirrors and shit. Projections, cameras, shit. But that's the thing about this movie is I think it's a good that they don't take the time to explain it. But B, 
when you've seen it multiple times, I feel like you're just like, how is this possible? You know, I don't multiple know. Cal, was this bullets. one of the beefs that you had? Yeah, and then the Joker later in the movie sprays poison on the phantasm, and it hits him. Yeah, it hits Can the I... the metal hand. Yeah, and she just chucks it off. Yeah, but that's like saying that, like, oh, okay. So it's not poison; it's acid. You know, it takes time to burn. Oh yeah, the acid. What? But still, it's it's that whole thing of like, all right, does the phantasm have powers? Can the phantasm phase through things like when they're shooting at the phantasm or whatnot? But then there's times where you're like, why don't you just phase? That's a good point. <laughs> why don't we all just phase? That's a great point, right? Why don't you like, just phase? Uh, like later when someone's about to get, can we? I mean, have we? It's been out for we, 30 years. I mean, you can talk right, about stuff, I can yeah. talk about it. So, like, when she's like almost getting sucked into the jet engine thing in the world's fair. Like just phase through it. Just let it happen. I think she can only phase when her feet are planted on the ground. Why the fuck does that make any sense? <laughs> I don't know. But every time she does <laughs> it, her ex- feet are planted on the ground. Please so. explain it. And then what is, I can't what is the chemical? It. Is it the chemical thing that it's a chemical thing? It's a, it's a multi-level polymer aptogenic, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving uh, on, because that's the only thing that that makes me in this movie that makes me go like, all right. But also, like, who cares? Like, it's it looks I mean, cool shit. You know what I mean? I don't care. It's amazing. It's like stuff working in Star Wars. People talk to droids, but not everybody talks to droids. You know, it's the it's phantasm, fun. and sometimes it's a the droids... phantasm. Yeah, it's a phantasm. It's a phantasm, baby. <laughs> Phantasms. I bet that it's just like you know the 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 ghost smoke polymer, whatever it is has some sort of element in it where it can take matter and just tweak it a little bit, you know? I think so it makes it. I bet you it makes you look reflective so that you can move out of the way. You know what That's I mean? That's a fair point. Turns you into it. like a micro mirror. Yeah. You know what I love is we're only 20 minutes into this movie. No, we're doing great. It's going to start <laughs> flying by. If you guys quit, you know, interrupting with eBay ads, but, you know, that's no fun. eBay? <laughs> <laughs> we had an ebay link earlier that's true we did but we were just curious about it. local yeah. gangster right, sal valestra the crime boss sees that his other sal. friend buzz bronski has died he has a minor panic attack and almost has you know almost runs out of breath why okay. does he not have any other furniture in that fucking room I've, Come on. i i want to be a guy that has a studio with just one chair i think that like cool a giant shit. room with yeah. a fireplace with just yeah. one chair yeah <laughs> like, i think I it's cool. company. big status symbol <laughs> Huge dick energy. You know what I mean? That is. Yeah. It's big dick energy. They just got one chair in the middle. Like, I don't need a table. Room. I don't need a fucking couch. I don't need a chaise lounge. I just I just want one chair next to a fireplace. It's the perfect place to scheme your evil shenanigans, you know? All right. Good point. I'm 100%. Yeah, I get it. Think of how much head he gets on that chair. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, fun fact, real quick. Sal Valestra is, is voiced by Abe Vigoda, who plays Sal Abe. Tessio in The Godfather. Oh, Abe Vigoda. That's awesome. Tessio betrayed Michael and would never be seen from again after the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> can you talk? Hey, Tom, can you talk to Mike? Get me off the hook for old time's sake. Sorry, can't do it, Sally. Can't wait to do the Godfather in review whenever ooh, we get to that. Ooh, ooh. I will never be able to show you that copy of the Godfather. That I we'll find it. We'll you. pirate it somehow. We should figure it out. Arthur Reeves is visiting the GCPD and 
tells Gordon they got to go after him. He's killed two people at this point. And Gordon's like, if you want him, you get him. I'll have no part of it. Bruce is listening on in the background. Instead of being tricked into meeting at the bad signal with Harvey and Arthur Reeves, Bruce goes to the cemetery to investigate what's going on. It's a lot of dead ends. He can't really seem to find anything besides more of that polymer substance. And he goes over to the Wayne gravestone. Bad idea, I think, if you're Batman. Bad idea. It's really cool because we get the shot of the shadow of the bat silhouette creeping up on the Wayne tombstone, which is sick as fuck. Uh, And while he's looking over at that tombstone, he hears Andrea at her mother's gravesite nearby. She turns around and sees him. And he, instead of acting like he's never seen her before, freaks out like we all do when we see our ex-girlfriend and run away <laughs> oh. <laughs> just completely and then she bolts. immediately knows that he's bad she's like bruce like... <laughs> because you know she looks at the tombstone and she's like wayne batman unstable i remember why we broke up yada 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 it's amazing do you it buy all... this i do it reminds me of that uh there was a there was a lois and clark episode where they i think it was where the guy was just like putting glasses on and taking them off and he was just like come on Clark Kent, Superman, are we all idiots here or what? But yeah, same thing where she's just like, yeah, yeah, I figured this out easy. Yeah, it's a perfect example of uh, a reason why more. Why don't more people figure out that Batman is Bruce Wayne? Because it wouldn't be. Um, yeah, well, so yeah, it wouldn't be fun. <laughs> but this is a perfect example of how to utilize that effectively where it's like, oh, well, if these two people knew each other and had any sort of connection with each other, if yep. you noticed yeah. this, you would have yep. immediately put one to one. As soon and as then, you have like sex with somebody for like more than a month, they're probably going to be able to figure out that you're Batman. They're just going to yeah. know what you are like physically in body. And then Bruce space. becomes like a perfect stalker. And this this shot here. This is what from... I wanted to talk about. Oh, so the gosh. next sequence, she's out to dinner with Arthur and he's spying on her with binoculars, which is what fucking rob pat does in the batman which is clearly what he took from this movie which is a lot of inspiration and not only is there a lot of inspiration for this movie for batman begins but yeah there is a lot of the batman inspiration in this movie as well what's what's cal doing are we about to see that shot right there where it's like batman frame right in the middle (laughs) i like the amazing I like the so one good. a couple of seconds from now where he's looking at them and he squints angrily and then he puts the binoculars up yeah. <laughs> and it just shows the reflection <laughs> of their hand. Um, him watching her on this date triggers another flashback where Bruce and Andrea go to the Gotham World's Fair, you know, taking inspiration from the 1964 New York World's Fair or 54, whatever that was. They got the House of the Future with giant robots and the Jetson style like appliances and things like that. It's very Back to the Future Part Two kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> and we creepy. get to see the early version of the Batmobile, which I think is really cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Oh, yeah, and I, I would like to stuff. say this: Captain America: The First Avenger ripped off this scene. Yep, totally with the Stark industry stuff and the flying cars and everything. But yeah. it's still pretty cool. They start talking about the future. And, you know, he's like, I would like to meet your dad, which, you know, bold move. And Andrea, you know, sets up a meeting with her father. I think the sequence where he's like, she's like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, sure. I'm sure. And she calls him and then he turns over to Alfred. He's like, what the heck am I doing, Alfred? And he's just like freaking out. Um, He keeps talking about he keeps talking about the plan. The plan being. Can, Can we talk about why the world of the future has like giant robots like shaking, just shaking hands in the the air? I mean, you got to think like robots, the the Batman, the animated series universe is trapped in like this time 
neo-noir style like 1950s with with modern technology stuff you gotta think robots are appealing to them i don't know <laughs> giant robots that shake i think hand. it looks cool i like how they're like welcome welcome to the future <laughs> yep there's it's the like a disneyland thing i don't know there's a lot of fucking robots there they're proto sex bots it's like okay well we oh, know yeah. that they can joker's definitely fucking that robot oh he's definitely future. fucking that robot hazel he's just like hazel. putting it in yeah Anyway, the baloney. Yeah, she's cutting um, baloney. You know, yeah. Holding the handle on the baloney all day. When Bruce goes to meet Andrea's dad, they are interrupted by Sal Valestra, a younger Sal Valestra than we've seen earlier with the liver spotted wheezing old man. And he comes in, blows smoke in Bruce's face. He has an you know unscheduled appointment, makes some vague threats and all that jazz, which is pretty interesting. While they're walking away from the office, Bruce tries to defend a street vendor for some local motorcycle gangs, and he holds his own. Andrea Andrea does not want him to get involved, and he does this sick move where he steps on the front of the motorcycle and then just judo kicks that guy in the face. But then he gets caught up in a moment where he's looking at her and sees the worry on her face, and he gets absolutely has a baseball bat broken over his ribs, which sounds (laughs) incredibly awful. How you many broken I mean? ribs is that? Like, that's four, a lot. At least. Yeah, four at least. How many ribs does the human rib cage have? I don't really I don't know. know. Like 22. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Probably four then. <laughs> so he's, I mean, he's any more frustrated. than that, he might have died, right? Yeah. He's frustrated that he wasn't able to, you know, protect this cash box and, and help this local street vendor out. And he's also frustrated that he can't be able to be fully into the relationship and fully into the plan, which is to become a, a creature of the night. He's drawn like early sketches of the bat suit. This immediately reminded me of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie where he's drawing all the spider suits. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> he's like crossing out the ones that work and like, the ones that no, don't work. No, this can't work. <laughs> yeah. And this, this culminates in a scene where Andrea calls Alfred's like, you know, she wants to talk to you and he's like, I can't talk to you right now. And this gets to one of my favorite scenes, which is Bruce visiting the tombstone and pleading with his dead parents to essentially let him off the hook if he doesn't follow through with the vow. And he says a phrase that haunts me as a Batman fan to to this day, which is I didn't plan on being happy, which is really sad to hear. You know what I mean? So what did you guys think? No, it is. I mean, Bruce Wayne's not allowed to be happy, right? That's what he thinks. That's what he becomes later on. That's it. Yeah. This version of him is still hopeful that maybe he could, which is kind of tragic in its own sense. Yeah, definitely. Kevin Conroy, man. What a great, what a great guy. Andreas shows up at the scene though and comforts him. And we trigger back to the present day. Valestra and Arthur Reeves are working together. He asks him, you know, Hey, is Batman icing all of our old guys? And, uh, Reeves is just like, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine, <laughs> which is not necessarily the case. <laughs> um, Batman later on goes to, um, I don't remember. Oh, wait, I might have skipped ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I skipped ahead quite a bit. Oh, back at the Batcave, Batman puts together that Sal Valestra. Chucky Saul and Buzz Bronski are all connected through a dummy corporation that was set up by Andrea's father, Carl, uh, Carl Beaumont. 
And he goes to the office and finds a photo of all of them together. So all four of them hanging out, the shining style. They're just all sitting there, big smiles on their faces. I love this photo. Like, uh, again, like mm. the fact that the photo keeps coming back into play, like it's, yes. it's really, really cool. Really cool. Uh, this triggers another flashback with Carl and Bruce proposes to Andrea at his home. And uh, as they are proposing and talking through everything, which, by the way, terrible proposal from Bruce, where he's just like, open it, you'll get the idea. But that kind of shows you seriously. (laughs) Bad, 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 bad bad move, Bruce. Like, he's like, well, so what's your answer or whatever? It's because he's not it's because he's not fully invested. Is it bad? Is it a bad move, Bruce? Or is just like a like it's cool? So you think he's just playing it like uber cool? Whatever. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh I think that's fucking marriage. If chicks dig the bad boys, he's like, yeah, here. Is that how you're gonna propose? You're gonna propose to you? Sure. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, well, I'm gonna say yes no matter what. If you, you'll right. get the idea. Tell okay, you what, wait, Cal, if you, you'll if get you, the idea, baby. You there, get, you show me a rock. I'm gonna be like, you know what? Where do you want me to stick it? I'll, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, gentlemen, keep <laughs> <laughs> <Even> it together. <laughs> Uh, mid-proposal, they're standing next to like a tiny fissure that uh, a bunch of bats come out in the way that the bats come out at the uh, the bridge in Austin, Texas. It was very similar, right? It the is. The spiral. You know what I mean? I thought of that <laughs> yeah. immediately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, clearly a metaphor that this isn't what he's supposed to be doing, quote unquote. Uh, Bruce and Andrea drop off, you know, by her father's house. They're going to deliver the good news. But she sees that they got unsavory business companies. So they're like, maybe we postpone telling him about it. She goes in and Valester's driver is sitting on the porch and he gives a nice cheetah growl at uh, Andrea. We'll find out who that driver is momentarily. Yeah. Can can we talk about Bruce's fashion sense in that scene? Like the, You're sweater... Talking about the sweater vest where he looks like. Carlton? Yeah. yeah. <sighs> what is this? What's that going on? Come on, Bruce. He's still in prep school at this time, right? Uh, is he? Is he supposed to be in school? At that Perhaps, point, that's where they that's she says, I've seen him on campus, moody, oh, but really shit. cute. Oh, maybe. Yeah, okay. I think they're both like I think I think they're both in like a Gotham like prep school kind of deal. And why is he looking? Oh. He's a 32 year old man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, at the same time, though, this is after he's come back from Japan and learn all this stuff. So maybe sure. maybe he's just like is still dressing like that to show that his fashion oh, yeah. sense is still a little juvenile. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just make him look right. younger. Sweater vest oh. is a young man's game, as we all know. Oh, yeah. yeah, Dude. And then an old man's game. Sweater full vest. Circle. Yeah, full out. true. Full out. No one who y'all wear a sweater vest. No, no. What are we doing? <laughs> Batman. You're hard time getting that out. Vest. You're like, wait, yo, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, The next no scene, Batman should. is exploring the cave. Which I think is cool. It's a nice tie into Batman Begins, where they, it is, you know, yeah. he doesn't know that the cave's there, and then he scopes it out. And he's like, "There's miles under the house," but when I love this shot where he comes out of the ladder and Alfred's standing there, and he's like got the frown on his face, and he's holding the box, and he's like, "This just arrived for you," and it's a rejection letter where she's oh, like, "Yeah, her and dad are leaving town." Says they're too young and that they're not ready. Forget yeah. about me. Move on. I do like I like his sum summization. Like he's reading it. He's like. Must too young, too young. Not enough <laughs> that got time. A, that got a good laugh out of me. I was like, I was, <laughs> you yeah. wouldn't read like that. But then it ties into one of the most like pivotally tragic moments in his history, which is him donning the bat suit for the first time. So good, Al- the it, look on Alfred's face. 
the i put it in the doc one of my favorite animation cells period is the silhouette of bruce holding the cowl looking at it yeah right before he puts it on and turns around and alfred is gasped at what this child that he's cared for has become it's so cool you texted this to me this just this image and, and you said dibs and uh yeah I mean, it's inarguable, right? Like, I mean, we're eventually get we'll get to that point or whatever. But sure. I mean, is there no better visualization of Batman than this moment right here? I don't. I, I don't think. I don't think there scene. is. I don't even <laughs> think there's a comic book panel that's better than this sequence. Like this image, no. I think it's really cool, very like minimalistic, but it really drives the point across. The music is kicking in. He puts it on and he walks away, and he has officially become Batman. In the score too, like the, and he's like putting on the thing. It's so fucking tight. This whole sequence is just is like full on boner. So good. And Zach, you talk about movie multipliers, right? What's it called? Movie moment multipliers. We talked about the. I coined the term when we talked about the Batman with like where it's like yeah, movie multipliers or sequence to sequence where where it's like ramping up. Where it's like multiple moments in a row where it's like a kill streak in Call of Duty where you're like, oh, you hit this thing, you hit this thing, you keep hitting the goals. It's like it keeps getting building upon itself and getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And I feel like I know exactly where you're going. Because we have this sequence, which is the origin of Batman. And then right after this, we get the sequence where Salva Lestra goes to the old Gotham World's Fair. It's run down. And there's a Dude. person living there at the Woo! House of the Future. And it's the only person that can help Salvalestra kill the Batman. And it is none other than Mark Hamill's Joker. Well, hi, Salvalestra. <laughs> Great reveal. I love where he goes, gasp, could it be? And he's like, yeah. my old pal, Sal. And then he like comes so over and puts his arm around him. And I just love how he shoves him into the roller coaster and then slams the thing on his nads. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like Mark Hamill Joker. Let's do like a quick two to three minutes on just how amazing the performances. Zach and I talk about them all the time in Radio Vision, but Cal, Mark Hamill, Joker, your thoughts? I mean, it's amazing, right? And you you probably covered the whole, like, how he was doing Amadeus, and he came up with that laugh, and and then that, that really, like, personified what the Joker was with the from actually, you know, doing that show. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it, nobody, I mean, when this came out thought that it was Mark Hamill, right? Yeah, there's no way. Because like, his most popular was, role before this was Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker, yeah. The most I mean, milk toast like, character in Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, and then he's just like the range, right? It's just amazing. And yeah. uh yeah. You know, and it's and, and a lot of the like the other things Mark Hamill was in were like all like B movies at that point of like Sky yeah, or stage stuff, performances. Like, bad, yeah. bad knockoff Japanese movies and stuff and Corvette Summer and stuff. So, you know, it's yeah. just uh this and is, I didn't I'm... I didn't know that he was in this the first time I saw it. So like the yeah. the, the cool moment, like I think it, it's a it's a spine chilling moment. But the way they set it all up where it's like he looks at the photo again and then he's like, wait a second. And then he draws yeah. a little smile. Oh, on it, yeah. And it's like, ah! and then it cuts the thing. And you're like, oh, let's go. It's like it's like uh you you almost expect like the fucking chicago bulls song to like start playing when this guy's like the only problem i have too is that they they didn't capitalize mark hamill on this joker persona for all of his other villain stuff that he did throughout like dc universe 
things yeah. like the trickster and everything. It's like, yeah, kind of similar. Yep. Okay, crazy guy, Just funny voice. Doing, doing it again. Yeah. 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 Some uh, good quotes to pull from this scene while they're talking about stuff. Uh, Mikasa Nostra is Sukasa Nostra. Just really funny, like mafia <laughs> humor there. Like yeah. clearly Paul Dini shit, you know, just a wordsmith in his own right. Um, when they go into the house of the future, I told Cal this before I saw the 25th anniversary screening. I love the scene where he just comes in and he's like, look at Hazel. Isn't she a gem? True, yeah. She's a bit of a home buddy, but you can't help who you fall in love with. And he pulls her cheek off on accident and then he tucks it in his shirt. Yeah. That shit gets me every time. I just love- the the persistent motion of like the thing or whatever. And he like, brings what do you think that motion in. does when people aren't around? You know what I mean? Oh, he's getting a robo handy. Everybody yeah. knows oh, yeah. he's getting a robo handy. Uh, the hardest Julia laughed in this movie is when he goes down rusty and just punts the dog yeah. out of the frame. <laughs> just like absolutely boots him out of the screen. Um, Really funny shit. But yeah, Sal Valestra is essentially offering the Joker multiple millions of dollars to kill Batman before he offs Sal and then eventually this guy and he he hints at their former partnership. And he says, if my hands are dirty, your hands are just as dirty, if not dirtier. And then we got the, we get the Joker freaking out. Don't touch me. I don't know where you've been. Good stuff like that. So Joker agrees to do it. Andrea gets home from a date with Arthur Reeves and Batman is waiting for her. Okay. I got to ask you guys a quick question. I, about I got a question scene. about this, too. Okay, what's your question? Because it's the it's the one question Julia had after the movie. She kissed him because she knew Bruce was in the room, right? Okay, that wasn't the question that she asked. But yeah, that's definitely why she did that. Yeah, I mean, she looks in and sees that the window's open, and then she totally goes for the kiss. Yeah, it's gross. Just to make him like, what the hell? So Julia's question is, why is she acting really like bitchy to Bruce Wayne right now? Like in this scene, she's like, there's the door, get out, read my lips, get out, you know, stuff like that. She's just like, fuck off, essentially. I said that my interpretation was always that she knew that Batman was getting close to yeah, figuring out close. who he's Phantasm was. And she's yeah. just trying to get him out. Yeah. Because he I, is right now inferring to her that he thinks Phantasm is her dad because he found yeah. out about their former partnerships um, between all the other criminals. No, I agree with that. I think that's the yeah, whole thing out. is what it is. Yeah. Um, so right after this sequence, Phantasm visits Sal Valestra's home, but Joker set a trap. He's dead. He's got that Richter smile that we've seen so in, in the animated series multiple times. The fact that Sal thought that this was a good idea to go to the Joker just cracks me up. But, you know, people get desperate to kill the bat. And I, and I love that Joker's like, wait, you're not Batman. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, he's got the camera. He's like, you're yeah. not Batman, but you're just as cute. Anyway, bye. <laughs> That's great. Huge explosion. The- really cool tracking sequence of the Phantasm climbing up the ladder and then looking over at the explosion. Um, and then Batman chases Phantasm down with the Batwing. So we get both the Batmobile mm. and the Batwing in this movie, which is pretty tight. Good toy sales there. We love both of those vehicles. <laughs> Good toy sales. I, I should still have the Joker figure somewhere with the jetpack. Oh, from the shit. Movie. Oh, that jet, cool. dude, that jetpack moment where he's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. but dude, fucking tattoo that on my ass. Exactly. <laughs> all right. We're all getting that one. Let's do it, Perfect. dude. The three <laughs> of us. Are you serious? Let's do it. I would All 100%. three of us, we get a different cell of that same thing. So when we put our ass cheeks together, it's him oh, flying no. away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, so so Phantasm escapes and the cops start chasing Batman. This is the most compared moment to year one, which is Batman stuck in the construction site with the cops just unleashing hellfire on him. Mm-hmm. He's able to escape barely without his mask. And Andrea is able to save him, actually, right at the last second. They drive off. How so, many um? how many times does he it, it, it seems to me and maybe it's just because I've watched this movie so many times, but. Batman using the cowl as an escape mechanism. Yeah, it's is like he's got a million only... of these things. You know what I mean? Yeah, is this the only time or no? It's definitely happened this... more than once. Okay, yeah. he's definitely and... done the cape more often than not. I don't know. About now the there, there is the scene with the Batwing where Phantasm is running way too fast. Way too fast. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, what? Again, what's going on? Cartoon <laughs> physics. I think Zach might be onto something. Maybe Andreas is projecting it from a distance. You know, who knows? There's clearly something going on with the projection of their body to like other things. Like, I don't know maybe, if it's necessarily them in every scene. Maybe there's yeah. a comic backstory to it. I don't know. That's a possibility. But yeah, it's definitely something interesting. Back yeah. at Wayne Manor, Andrea helps stitch Bruce up and they rekindle their romance. And uh, Alfred walks in again on them going, going to town. And he says, oh, turns around, walks Alfred's out. Alfred's a little fucking freaky He's ass cop pervert. There. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, Bruce asks, though, what Master happened to Bruce? Dad. Go harder, Master Bruce. <laughs> Bruce asks Andrea what happened to her dad. And they flash back to the night of their engagement when, you know, eventually the next day he would find out that she refused it. She tells him that Carl and Andrea had to uh, leave town because they were cornered into Valestra for owing him money that was tied up in different funds and offshore accounts. They bought 24 hours just to escape town, knowing that they would be looking over their shoulder for the rest of their life. Um, But he did promise to her that they would be free from that debt one day. Again, feeding into this lie of Batman, you know, thinking that Phantasm is her dad. There's a moment where he's like, he's like, I don't want to have to do this, but you know, it's going to come between me and your dad eventually coming to blows. And she's like, daddy doesn't matter anymore. And she like looks off to the side where she's like, oh, "Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he's dead. <laughs> but I'm not See, telling I, you that yet. Yikes. But, you know, I, I, I don't remember that far back if I had, like, the clear, like, but to me, it feels like that it was very, like, known that she was Phantasm. But by this point, it starts to be suspicious. Yeah, but I mean, even even before, like, it was like, well, yeah. I okay. mean, when I was a kid, I had no fucking idea to strip the mask <laughs> off, you know, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Doom. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea either. I mean, like, I, I, but I can't I, tell you. Fir- it was 30, 30 years ago. I could have been like, oh my god. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> that explodes. Bruce Willis is dead. What? <laughs> um, in a sequence right after they talk about, you know, who's who's gonna come out on top between Phantasm and Batman. She leaves Wayne Manor. I thought it was a really fun little moment where uh she kisses him goodbye and then hits the fucking horn with her ass in the car. If anyone's had car sex, you know, it happens. It happens more you know, than you think. know. Beep, beep. Yep. Um, as she leaves, Bruce is like talking to Alfred and Alfred's like, maybe you can finally settle down. He's like, yeah, maybe. And then he pulls up the picture on the desk. He's looking at all the detective work and he takes a notice of this bodyguard behind Valestra that he didn't notice before. Mm-hmm. He remembers him from that night and he takes a red pencil draws a giant smile on it and it is the outline silhouette of the joker 
and we hear the laugh in the background and Bruce is horrified as he realized essentially his arch enemy is also entwined within this case. So double jeopardy, if it were. But we didn't get a Joker origin story. No, they've never done it in the animated universe. They yeah. never done. They did the killing joke with Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy, but that is not directly tied to this canon. And I actually like this canon where he's kind of like Jack Napier a little bit in the eighty nine yeah. movie, where he's a he's an enforcer for like a boss. You know what I mean? Yeah. That eventually supplants him. And the killing joke that that whole version is way. It's got some weird stuff in it. Yeah, the whole Batgirl. There were original plans for a Joker origin story episode of Batman the Animated Series where it was like Batman '89, and he was the one that killed Bruce's parents. But they they ultimately scrapped that because they felt like it would have been repetitive. And Mm. uh, I think it actually kind of works out better that way. Yeah. Um. In this next sequence, Joker goes to Arthur Reeves's office and is just like, "Hey, you know." I know that you were tied into Carl Beaumont's accounts and you helped set up all the offshore funds. Maybe the phantasm is going to come after you, or maybe you are the phantasm. Really funny Joker scene. Um, I love where the guy's like speculating and then he does the hand buzzer. He's like, eh, wrong. And he just like dives into it. Just some good ISO ball from the Joker here. Um, Joker gasses Arthur and Arthur at the hospital is visited by Batman. He reveals to Batman that he actually did sell out where Carl and Andrea were hiding over in Europe to Salvalestra and his goons because he asked for campaign money for councilmen and Carl Beaumont said no, probably because he was poor, still trying to pay off these gangsters. And so eventually that would come out to be condemning as we will find out. Um, Batman goes to Andrea's apartment, but the Joker blows it up with a giant remote plane as he's realized that Andrea is also involved in town after you heard her talking to Arthur at the office. And then Andrea is visiting the house of the future and we see her standing outside where we get a flashback to where she comes home one day and the bodyguard that we know is the Joker at this point is walking away from the house and she runs in. We hear her scream as she, she finds her dead father. I love the scene. It's very much like the Godfather where he picks up the apple off of the ground and like takes a bite and walks away. Just like really fucking sick mafia stuff. So violent for a PG movie. Like, yeah, yeah, this scene is like terrifying. Cause she's like pleading with him where she's like, no, he paid you. You promised. And then got in like Joker does not even acknowledge it at all and just walks away. Yeah. This walks out. Yeah. Um, Joker is waiting inside the house of the future. The phantasm comes in and he says, oh, well done. Just toots. Skip over the hazel stuff. No, it's right here. Slicing the bologna. I mean, she's slicing up some bologna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I could fuck with some bologna right now. Me too. Uh, yeah. Bologna. So hazel slicing the bologna. Phantasm comes in with a gust of wind and some smoke. Joker immediately is like, nice ploy. I almost didn't suspect it was you toots. And then we get the big reveal. Andrea whips off the mask. And we find out that Andrea Beaumont has been Phantasm all along. And no longer has powers after she takes the mask off. As soon as the mask comes off, that's where all the powers are, <laughs> besides the scythe. Yep. They start going to blows. She kicks him in the nuts. He uses acid on her scythe. They're unable to do anything. The scene where he's reaching up and you think he's going to grab the cleaver and then he hits her with a salami. Good little misdirection there, which is pretty funny. Um, Their fight takes them outside. Where Batman, or sorry, where Joker turns on this gigantic wind turbine that's about to suck her into it. And she's hanging on a flagpole. She's about to die. 
Batman shows up and chucks the bat cycle into the machine, breaks it down. And then he pleads with her to leave because vengeance solves nothing. And she says, if anyone would know what that means, Bruce, it would be you or something like that. If anyone should know why I want vengeance, it should be you. And I think that that's a really interesting point because Batman is getting vengeance on criminals, but in a way that is using the justice system, whereas Phantasm has just been murdering people to get vengeance, which is, you know, where Batman draws the line. Joker and Batman fight on a giant city diorama. Really cool sequence. Call back to like the Silver Age Batman comics where they fight on giant like pianos and shit like that. But I also just love the image of Joker wearing the skyscraper and like creeping along. You know what I mean? And then he like hits him with it. I think that shit is hilarious. Uh, Joker triggers a countdown to detonate the entire facility. He's got some C4 hidden all over the place. And Joker and Batman get outside. He's about to escape via jetpack and Batman jumps on and they scuffle in the air. We're going to get these tattoos on our asses in Austin, Texas. <laughs> yeah. They crash yep, into yep. the ground and Joker is about to escape. He's got a broken tooth and everything. He looks sick. There is blood trickling down from his face, which is the first blood I think we've had in the animated series, which is pretty cool. Also, there was blood on the back of Batman's head earlier after the explosion at the construction site. Um. Andrea grasps the Joker and they disappear into the explosion so that she can finally, quote unquote, end the Joker. Originally, they thought that this might be the end of the series, so they weren't entirely sure what they were going to do. Obviously, it's ambiguous enough that he ultimately ends up living. Batman is washed away after the explosion in a drainage pipe and is able to go home. He mourns Andrea and then finds her locket that has a picture of the two of them hanging up in the Batcave. This was homaged in the um, lead up to doomsday clock actually where batman finds a shiny object in the cave in the distance he chases after it, and it turns out to be the comedian's button which is actually really cool oh yeah um so a little bit of homage paid to the mask of the phantasm even in modern comics which is pretty cool that's awesome yeah alfred commends bruce for not being consumed by vengeance in the same way that andrea is i think it's a really good alfred speech where he says i pray every night that you don't fall into that black pit that Andrea had fallen into years ago. Really, you know, important to kind of Alfred every now and then needs to step in to remind Bruce that he is doing his best and potentially the right thing. We cut to Andrea hanging out on a cruise. She did live from the experience. She's hanging out, you know, on this weird booze cruise where Jughead comes out for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, hey, this cruise. I'm like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? I don't from? know why he's there, but he's like, he's like, hey. What's going on? Are you by yourself? And she's like, yeah, I've always been alone. And, you know, she's got like a morning veil on. <laughs> this moment, get, would any of you pursue this any further? Would just be like, no, absolutely not. You go yeah. back inside and you get a you get a double jack on the rocks. <laughs> you take leave dumb, immediately. Walk away. You, you find the next target at that yeah. point. Walk away. <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately, I'm really glad that that's not the end of the movie because our next and final scene of the film is Batman looking down and then looking up at his city as the bat signal shines in the sky and the score kicks in. Dude. And we have our protector of God. Holy fucking hype, man. The the end that end sequence of the the no, the, the bat signal no, thing. No, 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 no. Yeah, really cool. So tight. And that is Batman Mask of the Phantasm in a nutshell. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Did we miss Beautiful. any glaring like plot 
nitpickings that you guys had before we move on to some of our uh, superlatives, which we'll take a quick break before we do that. No? Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Uh, I wanted to talk about the credits song. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, this yeah. is the 90s, baby. Everything's oh, got a fucking my God. song in the credits. What is with this fucking song, dude? It's like the worst. Not It's not a bad song, but it, boy, when you finish this movie that has just like this epic ending with this score, and then all of a sudden you've got this song that sounds like it's like, it's awful. It's 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 straight up bad. It it's yeah. it really doesn't fit. What is the deal with this song? And who is this person? I don't. I really don't know. I mean, honestly, like '90s movies, even the cartoons, like for Disney, would have like R and B covers of things. You know, that was well, just the style at the time. I feel like. Yeah, I, I never mean, even told you was written by Seda Garrett and Glenn Ballard. It was performed by Tia Carrere. Oh really? It was Tia Carrere. Hans Zimmer, huh? who would later compose the score for the Dark Knight trilogy, played the synthesizer on the score of this movie. Pretty fun. Wow. But yeah, I mean, a lot of movies at this point in time had like they advertised even like Spider Man, the first Spider Man movie advertised like a song by somebody, and then it was like it didn't play till the credits. I mean, right? what's it? Uh, um, the Evanescence song was advertised by the Daredevil. Movie. Wait, wait, the, yeah, can't wake up. Um, can't wait. The, uh, <laughs> there was the Aerosmith th- song that was in. Um, oh yeah, at, yeah, and then it, it only hit. It, it didn't hit till the. I mean, they played an instrumental version during one that one scene with the animal crackers or something, but but Dude, then it that, didn't that come song, out till the. That song rips. Oh, I yeah, never. But it, it wasn't until the credits that it really played. So it was just kind of like that was a big thing. I never even told you is the ending song featured in the closing credits of the 1993 film Batman Mask of the Phantasm, written by Glenn Ballard and Sadia Garrett, performed by Tia Carrere. The lyrics there was never any question, any and, lover's indiscretion in my and eyes. Tia Carrere's big movie was? I don't know. We don't know. Wayne's World. Uh, party Who was she in Wayne's World? She was the the. Uh, she was a hot chick. Yeah, she was a hot. Are chick. Are you that serious? With this, that sang in the movie. Yeah. No way. The one that's like. Um, she was also in True Lies. No shit, dude. That's Tia Are Carrera. You serious? <laughs> Seriously. Dude, I love Wayne's World. It that is her. <laughs> Holy yes. shit. Yes. She's the one that. What's the song that plays when when she's ballroom blitz? No, 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 no. no. When when Wait. he first sees her in the in oh. the club. Oh shit! Um. Oh shit! <laughs> Wayne's World oh, Tia shit. song. Google, help me out. <laughs> No, it's not Ballroom Blitz. It's something else. It's Touch Me, maybe? I don't know. Whatever the song is. Dude, that's crazy. I can't believe that that's the same person. That's nuts. Yeah. Does it make you like a song anymore? That is nuts. <laughs> no. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. Good for Tia Carrere. Yeah, Good she was her. in... Uh... 
she was in True Lies as well as the uh, mm. Arnold Schwarzenegger villain. That's right. I love True Lies. I do too. First Jamie Lee Curtis exposure for your boy. There's some big time weird weird stuff in that trailer compared to what was actually in the original cut of the movie too. Oh, it's like Rogue One. Yeah, where there was a, a scene with with uh, Tia Carrere and him in a in a room alone, like they were uh, getting down dirty. Ooh, oh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> all right, you guys need to take a break at all, or are you good to roll on in? All right, we're back, and we're here to dish out some uh, some awards and our thoughts, closing remarks, if you will, on Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Starting off with each of our favorite scenes, and I'm going to add an addendum, your favorite moment of animation as well. You take the best one off the table, but I will pick another one. Um, totally fine there. I'm going to start with Cal. Favorite mm. scene, favorite visual. There's so many good things. Like I love that whole thing at the beginning where he crunches him in the with the table. Um, by the way, something we talked about originally, I just checked. It is in 4K on um, Max. Oh, good. Oh. Um, and okay. I just watched it in UHD, and it is so much nicer in, in 4K. <laughs> like, even that, that animated scene at the beginning, the computer thing, looks so much better. Like, it's amazing how good it looks. Um, and then we talked about it, too. I love that scene where he's watching them at dinner. Like it's just beautiful how they framed it and everything. Where he just the rain, like, yeah, yeah. And, and then he's in the center of the shot, and then he come back and the same thing you said with the whole hand holding in the binoculars. It's amazing, very cinematic and funny as yeah. shit too. Yeah, yeah. Zach, uh, it's a toss up, man. I I love the ending. I love the last. Like I'm a sucker for the whole like oh this is the like the hero shot at the end. So like him at the the very end with the bat signal up in the sky like. Yeah, shooting the the bat catapult and like the like swinging around like I think that that whole sequence is beautifully animated, um, but selfishly like one of my favorite moments of the entire movie is like the mob the mob deaths and like all the the all that stuff and I think that one of the coolest moments is like them in the graveyard and like sneaking around the phantasm and then there's that moment of the the gravestone like killing the one dude the one buzz bronski yeah buzz bronski i think that that scene is so fucking haunting and super cool and just so much that is much more of a coppola godfather movie than it is a batman movie and i think that that scene is so cool um so i love that moment um but yeah i love all that stuff i mean the joker stuff with the the world of the future is all beautiful too so it's hard to pick one specific thing but i mean to cheat and and say like the ending is just so good like the yeah. bat signal going up in the sky him grappling away into it like the way that they they animate the ending is so 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 cool to me um but also underrated sequence i'm going to shout out cuz i don't think you would i don't think you're going to say this one but i actually really do like the proposal sequence um just from a visual perspective I really like the 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 sunset in the background and the way they animate yeah. the cliffs and then like that all culminating in the bats coming out of the bat cave. Like I actually think that that whole sequence is really, really well done and really well animated. So mm. those would be my picks. Yeah. 
Um, for me, my I mean, my favorite cell of animation and moment is definitely the one that I mentioned earlier, which is him donning the bat suit for the first time, completely like drenched in shadow and and darkness. I think that's really cool. My I think actually one of my favorite moments though is when he is interrogating Arthur Reeves in the hospital. I love like the bluish gray hue because all the lights are off and how like the like Arthur looks at the door and then looks at the window and the window is open and then he looks back and then he looks back at the window and Batman's standing there. It's just like kind of like a horror movie a little bit too. I think it's a really cool sequence. Um, but yeah, it is hard to it is hard to pick favorite scenes. I think like favorite scene overall though for me would probably man, it's tough. If it's it's either when Sal Valestra visits the Joker for the first time or the the donning of the bat suit for sure. Next one, who would win an Oscar if this movie was nominated for an Oscar and what award would they win? Oh boy. I'm going to start with Zach this time. Oh, uh me this time. Um unf- well, ah, god Pick a major category. Let's make it more like more fun. In a hypothetical world, this movie is is honored by the Academy more than just visual effects, etc. Yeah, I'm gonna say that like best supporting actor, like best, you know, yeah. So you best want a supporting actor goes to Mark right? Hamill as Joker. Yeah. Best supporting yeah. for Mark Hamill. Okay. Yeah, best supporting for Mark Hamill. I do think that like from the moment that he's introduced, like the whole scene with him coming up at the world of tomorrow and like him with Savalestra is like all that stuff is just like top tier. And, you know, Mark Hamill, every single episode that we have talked about so far in, in the animated series in radio vision, like we're always just so enamored with the Joker character. It's no secret that he is just like the yin to Batman's yang. And so, um, it's it, you know it's hard to not say that but for me it's just when he shows up on screen the movie's better for it so um for me i would say that his performance in this is just so good all the the quirky lines of dialogue him talking about his his robotic wife and the the whole ending sequence with them fighting each other like i i i don't know I, for me it's it's mark hamill and i think it's the best supporting actor nod nice I'm going to go to myself next, and then we'll go to Cal. We'll mix up the order a little bit. Ooh. I think it's best actor, and I think it's easily Kevin Conroy. I think <laughs> there has never been a Batman performance, both voice and physically encapsulated, where I have felt the pain of what it is to be Batman more than in this movie. And he is able to do that without being on screen. And I think that that is really impressive. He, the the pleading with his parents i never thought i would be happy the yeah. the conversations with andrea the the true vitriol in his voice when when him and, and joker are, are fighting things out together his conversation with alfred at the end with the true disdain for not being able to save somebody that he loves so much i think it's it's far and away kevin conroy for sure for me yeah and you you met him right Yes, we all met yeah. him. We yeah, all we met all him. met him. I got to I, tell I, him that he was my Batman. I, I, I wanted, and I will never dude, ever be able to take anything else for granted more than having that opportunity. Only a few short months before his untimely passing, to be able to to tell him how much his portrayal means to me, and I feel like this this movie is like his living testament to the character and and his performance. 
So I think this yeah. movie is all for him. Oh, yeah. And now I met him many years before we all met him together. And I remember bringing up the uh, Kevin Smith interview where Kevin like had him do the Batman voice and say, like, tell me you're proud of me. Your you father know, was stuff proud like of you. that. Yeah. yeah, your father was proud of you and stuff. And you could tell that like he was just like, yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> yeah, well, Kevin Smith put him in a weird position to bring in yeah. his personal experience. But yeah, I don't think anyone so... d- would deny that Kevin Conroy didn't like playing Batman. <laughs> no, not at all. No, not at all. Yeah. But it was just it was it was interesting, like talking to him as like a person versus the the Batman character of what it is. And and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going screenplay. Oh, I love this. Best love original this. screenplay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the whole collab. Yeah, Burnett, the whole Dini collab, Reeves, the whole group. And then uh, Pasco. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I love the story. I think that's it a great works. pick. That's and a good just, like. Uh... That's a good pick for both of what Zach and I have chosen. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. to not to like belabor it, right? But like just to talk about that moment, right? Because you know we were all there, and I I felt more than blessed to be. You know, we were all in Austin, Texas, and we were able to go to that comic convention, and you know we, we waited didn't in make line. It. We <laughs> almost didn't make it. Well, we can you imagine how distraught we would be yeah. if we didn't yeah. go? But I would never forgive myself. I would actually. Why, stop did, why didn't we almost like make a, it? Because we were hungover. We were hungover as shit. Yeah. We almost. You almost couldn't drive to the gas station to get breakfast tacos. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, <laughs> but like we waited and we waited in that line, and I knew yeah. that I was like, well, you know, John is you know the most in tune with Batman and the animated series and Kevin Conroy, so I'm just gonna kind of be here, and I didn't have. You know, I was still, uh, you know, I didn't have any money in the bank, so I wasn't going to be paying for a Kevin Conroy signature or whatever. But you standing next to you while you said like, hey, you know, Kevin Conroy was signing that 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 piece or whatever. And you said, I know you probably hear this all the time, but you'll always be like my personal Batman to me. And he was like, I appreciate you for saying that. And then he signed the thing or whatever. And then like I didn't have anything for him to sign, but I just said, like, thank you. And he like nodded or whatever. And just having that moment is like, and it makes me like, it makes me. I'm getting really sad. Yeah, I know. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like welling up just kind of kind of thinking about it. But like, um, yeah, just yeah. So yeah, special, special performance, special, special man, special, special. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now let me ask you this: Can I throw a question out? Of course. We have all of these hours. Of Kevin Conroy's voice. They will try to re-speature him. Are, but are you okay with that? No. Hmm. Are you? I think I might be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I told I told you all the other day after I was watching that the the new indie movie, I was just like, Yeah, I could just Give me a D. digitally Harrison uh, DH Harrison Ford movie. I'll be it's good. It's different if he's still wow. running around and they're de-aging him. But like having a ghost in the machine essentially operating is a little scary for me. I don't know. And also just like, like I think you and I are on different wavelengths, Cal. Like you want as much of it as you can get and then pick and choose what you like. I'm actually okay with his box being from 92 till now, 30 years almost of a solid run of playing a character arguably yeah. the best portrayal of the character definitely by a couple people on this call you know so 
I I'm at peace with things. I have watched this show, Justice League, Batman Beyond, everything to death. Like, and I will continue yeah. to rewatch it without fail. So I mean, I I'd be okay with uh, what's his name from uh, Brave and the Bold taking over as the oh Diedrich Bader. Yeah, Diedrich Bader. Diedrich. Oh, he's man. great. He's Batman, Batman in the Harley Quinn show. He's fucking yeah, it's so amazing. <laughs> Okay, our next uh, superlative there. By the way, screenplay, great, great pick, Cal. I thought that was really good. Yeah, cool. it was a good pick, Cal. Who won the movie? So this is not necessarily an award that they won, but who is the one that is, you know, remembered the most, who had the most clout coming out of the movie, et cetera? Or for you guys, in your mind, you're like, you watch the movie and you're like, it's clearly the best part, clearly the best like person involved, et cetera. I'm going to go it's, to Cal this time. I mean, it's Mark Hamill, Joker. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he won yeah. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Zach. he's just over the top. We loved it. Yeah. Um, To to differ from the, the pack, like, because, yeah, the easy answer is, like, to say Hamill or for um, Conroy, in my opinion. But I think that. Who won the movie? I actually think that you could make a case for Dini and for the directing cast and for the creative cast behind like behind the animated series. Like all these people, like right, like we talked about at the very beginning of the show. Like you you talked about um Bruce Tim, Eric Radom Radomsky, Radomsky, Alan Burnett, Paul Dini, Martin Pasco, Michael Reeves, Shirley Walker, like all these people that had like a, a hand in creating this movie and creating the art that this movie was like, honestly, it might be a production. It might be a production award for me. Like, it's like, you know, just set to, like design, you know, uh, script writing, screenwriting, the, the, all of that stuff. So it's like, it's hard for me to pick one specific person, but like, you know, I might yeah. say, I might just like give my award to the creative, the creative team. Like, the people that wanted to make this movie, the the people that wanted to make this movie a theatrical release, a Batman movie that was a movie movie, not just like a TV show. Um, all that stuff, I think, lead led to a, a more impactful, um, you know, sedentary, very like, this is what Batman is. This is what the animated series is. I mean, like for a lot of people, I think like this encompasses what the animated series is. This is the origin for Batman for the animated world. So I think that, you know, for me, it's like the creative team. So I, that, if that's cheating, no. I apologize, but I do think, no, that, like, I don't think that's creative cheating. team. Yeah, I think I, that like, that would be the, who won the movie for me. I think it's, it is interesting. Like when you watch the, like, and I'll take it to star Wars. Like when we watch the, the interviews with um the creative team behind like clone wars and rebels and stuff and they talk about the character development and how they plan things and what they're doing and then how they right. what they animated like sushi or something like the food on the planet right do you remember that interview jonathan yeah, where it was just yeah. like they were talking about that and about how it was this was one of the most difficult things where when we were putting food on this the whole scene and you're like okay but you know, I I don't think we give them the unsung heroes. Act. Yeah, for sure, and yeah. definitely it is of the amount of work that goes into this. Even though it is, we think sometimes it's animated, it's easier, but it's not. It's still that story. You still have to pull it together, for sure. 
Uh, I'm going to zag a little bit here. I'm actually going to go. I, I think that I think Dana Delaney won the movie because <laughs> I think I think she gives a performance that is immediately where you're like, is this the best Batman romantic partner? A B Ooh. is this one of the most iconic Batman villains that I've seen? And C she gets a fucking job being Lois Lane for the next like 20 fucking years. You know what I mean? After this movie. So I think it's her. I think she I think she brings something to the table that the animated series did not have, which no shots at anybody else that's on that show. Like there's tons of talented voice acting, but her like her voice chemistry with Conroy for like romance was never matched again until Susan Eisenberg in the Justice League show. And like, I just think that that was really important. And yeah, I think like coming out of it, like if I'm winning the movie, I feel like I'm getting some personal accolades too, you know? So that's where I go. Yeah. That's a good pick. All right. All right. Last little superlative. And then we have some mailbag for the movie. Uh, Where does this fall for you in the pantheon of Batman movies or comic book movies overall? Yikes. Someone else go before me. So, Cal, <laughs> you go first. You already said it's your favorite Batman movie. Is it, it your is favorite my comic favorite book Batman. movie? Number one Batman movie. <sighs> comic book movie. Gosh, that's tough. What's number two and number three on your Batman list? Just so I have some kind of like navigational beacons here. Yeah, I mean, Dark Dark Knight is number two. For Batman movies. Yeah. And then uh, probably 89 will be three. Wow. So all all three of your comic book movies are Batman movies. Oh, no, no. Oh, I sorry. Sorry. Batman. Those are Batman. I did movies. say Batman. Batman. Movies. Batman. I'm, I'm yeah, Batman drunk. movies. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What are your comic book movies then? That's tough. Because there's like. Even I, I think I have some obscure stuff that was comic book movies that I have to think about of like the that they were comic movies. Um, gosh. I find Matt's it hard gonna, to believe Matt's going to kill me when he listens to this. Cause I know you like, love Batman. I find it hard to believe that one of those three Batman movies wouldn't be one of your favorite comic book movies though. No, I, I yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, this one is one of my favorite comic book movies. I mean, it's, yeah. it's up there in the top. I'm trying to think if there's anything better though. Right. Of, yeah, I mean, I'm just yeah. gonna throw out some other things like Logan, Please. Infinity Maybe War, Endgame, Spider Verse, Spider Verse. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I like I I really like Logan, but there's there's a lot of holes in Logan that I really don't like. Whereas this this movie is just a completely good movie where there's nothing really in here except maybe that you go like. What is Phantasm powers? Right, that was the only thing that takes me like going sure. like. Eh. Whereas like the whole thing with like Logan, him fighting himself and some of the other stuff of just like, I'm like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Spoiler. No, I mean, it's up there. Zach. I mean, uh, to not to be like overtly dissented, you know, I mean, like you guys, I love you guys. I love this movie. I love Batman. I love the animated series, but love like you too, baby bear. 
Yeah, oh, I appreciate you. But but it's like, you know, in terms of like, where does this fall for The question is, where does this movie fall for you than Pantheon of Batman movies and or comic book movies overall? In terms of Batman movies, I mean, I I I it, I cannot in good it, for just for my personal taste. The Dark Knight the Batman, I think, are both better movies than this. I think Batman Begins is a better movie than this. I think that this movie probably falls somewhere in the realm of better than The Dark Knight Rises, maybe not as good as Batman 89, better than Batman Returns. Like, I would love to get, like, a better... I would love to, like, rank these out, like, on a written list at some point, but, like, Phantasm is somewhere below The Dark Knight, below Batman Begins, below The Batman, somewhere between those movies, which I think are like a S tier Batman and then like the other Batman movies, which I think are really are good, which is like Batman Returns, Dark Knight Rises, uh, Lego Batman. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Other movies like that. But it's like, I mean, the movie is amazing, but it's like, it's up there. Okay. Right? Then you put it in the pantheon of comic book movies, right? Where does this movie land in comic book movies? All right, Cal, I get it. I get it. I understand. So in Batman, terms of Batman movies, but Batman movies are so good. They're all so fucking good, dude. Are, yeah. Dark Knight, the Dark Knight is so fucking good. The, the Batman is one of the, is so fucking good it's so awesome i know that you don't like it cal i or i know you have your problems with it yeah it's not that i don't like it i just think the cut could have been better yeah i dude i love that movie so much but it's like mask of the phantasm is somewhere up there in the upper echelon like to be perfectly honest like it's i don't know if it supplants anything from the dark knight or above so it's like movies that i think that are really really like excel that are S tier comic book movies. I think like Endgame, Infinity War, Across the Spider Verse, Into the Spider Verse, Logan, yeah. Logan, um, The Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Guardians. Yeah, Guardians one and two, and maybe even three. Like I think like all the Guardians movies are probably above it, but it's like it it it's just. It is what it is, right? Mask of the Phantasm is a beautiful movie. It's well-crafted. It's it's excellently executed. It's just that, you know, there are some certain things where it's like, you know, just given my sensibilities, given when I was born, when I experienced the movie, it's like, it. it's just not, it's never going to, for me personally, supplant movies like The Dark Knight or for, or Endgame or something like that. But I think that it is easily one of the best Batman movies ever made. I just, I just, in terms of the pantheon of comic book movies, it's just, it's so much more complicated. This is, this is such a, this is a hard question, man. It, it's, it's a hard it, question it, to put you in. It requires much more research or just like, does it though? About it. Go with yeah. your gut. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. All right. What's your gut? It's my favorite Batman movie for sure. And I think there's a difference between favorite Batman movie and favorite comic book movie because the Dark Knight, I think, is the best comic book movie ever, hands down. But it is not my favorite Batman movie. For me, my favorite Batman movie is defined by what is the one that best represents Batman as a character. And the Dark Knight does not do that. The Dark Knight is a great cinematic achievement. I think the Joker is amazing. 
Christian Bale has a great performance. There's a lot of great supporting characters, but that movie is an ensemble. If we're being honest, this is the best representation of what it, the Batman character is. Like I mentioned with Kevin's performance. And, uh, that's just where I fall in terms of comic book movies. For me, it's top 10 easily. It's also probably top five in terms of my favorite comic book movies, whether it deserves to be there. It's hard to compete when you're a 70 minute animated movie versus a two to two and a half hour, like cinematic movie that people have worked on for five years, you know? However, Mm -hmm. I still think that like culturally, culturally significant, clearly something that we all love. I think that speaks to itself. For me personally, I, I have it ranked four all time. Wow. Behind The Dark Knight, Into the Spider-Verse, and Logan. Mm. So that's a that's a good class of folks to be up there with, though. Yeah, man. for yeah. sure. Right above The Batman and Thor Ragnarok. Ooh, Ragnarok, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nothing could beat that uh, Love and Thunder uh, reenactment from dude. That Love and Thunder pod is is our (laughs) fucking magnum opus for sure. Uh, Zach, I'm gonna cut over to you if you're ready for it, please. I'm ready. And uh, we sent out requests to our listeners, letting them know if you're a Batman the animated series fan, Mask of the Phantasm fan, please reach out to us ahead of the pod. Send us questions. Send us comments. Send us things to talk about. And I'm just going to defer to you. Please read our mail and we will talk about it. Yeah, we're going to go to a new segment called, uh, well, not a new segment. It's reader mail. So uh, utility belt. Yeah, utility belt. Uncle Cal, do you want to sing the segment for utility belt? Utility belt. Go. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to clip that out forever. Um, Okay. So, yeah, if you ever have anything that you want to send to us, we appreciate you guys so much. Anyone out there that's listening to this episode, anyone that's listened to Radiovania at all, you you are valued. We, we love you and appreciate you so much for listening to our show. Again, in 2023, we gained a 44% listenership bump. So we know there are a lot of people out there that have just gotten into the show. We appreciate you so much. If ever you have a question, a comment, or just a topic suggestion or whatever it is, email us, show at gmail.com. This week, we put a task out for uh, Batman the, the Animated Series and Batman Mask of the Phantasm. We got two emails that we want to read. We got two fans that want to read. For, first, we're going to go, we're going to go chronologically. We're going to go um, we got an email from, I'm going to, I'm going to pr- protect these people's names. So I'm just going to say, we got an email from Mark. Mark Pace, my, uh, fellow friend that I met through X-Wing in the local Cleveland circles. He and I bonded immediately over our love of Batman, the animated series, as well as the DC universe as a whole. And, uh, I told him about our podcast a while ago and I told him that we were covering covering Batman the animated series. He still wants to come on as a guest at some point, Zach. We will probably love to arrange have for that to happen. Yeah. But for, in lieu of that, for this moment, he wanted to send in something. So excited okay. to, to hear what he had to say. Thank you for sending something in, Mark. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Mark wrote in to Radiovania show at gmail.com. And here's what he had to say. <clears throat> Mask of the Phantasm is one of my favorite animated Batman movies for a lot of reasons. I think we have it to thank. Sorry, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna hold this up. Sorry, 
Mask of the Phantasm is one of my favorite animated Batman movies for a lot of reasons. I think we have it to thank for for the current direct-to-video movies because it proved that they could be successful. For a very long time, it was also one of the few movies that had Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill reprising their original roles. I have a few speculative questions for you that I think you might enjoy. One, Mask is generally criticized for being a failure in box offices because of its lack of marketing. Batman the Animated Series did a great job of marketing toys, bedsheets, etc. to support its popularity. If you were in charge of making promotional products for the movie, what would you make? That's a great question. That's a great Ooh, yeah. question. That's a great <laughs> question. So do we want to just answer that question before we yeah, move on? Yeah, real quick. Put a one? pin in okay. it. I think we so, should answer him. His first question is that, you know, Mask of the Phantasm was criticized for being a commercial failure. You know, it was a it was a popular movie. Everyone talks about it still to this day. We're doing a fucking podcast because of it. But the movie didn't make very much money. But he says, if you were in charge of marketing promotional products for the movie, what would you make? Uncle Cal. <laughs> Put yourself in your 1993 brain. I don't know. Right. Do I want? I want a uh, a hazel robot that uh a sex robot. <laughs> sex that I'll chop that I'll chop in my uh in my kitchen, cut up all my vegetables and stuff. I mean, I bought everything that that came with this movie, right? Like I had all the toys. So, um, I don't know what would what would be a great Batman animated. I, I mean, gosh, I wish they would have done more like cells and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. animation cells from this and artwork that we could have had. But I still don't think it would have promoted the movie better. I, I I just don't know what they could have done. I mean, they could have done better marketing for it, but we we haven't seen, right, a movie tied into a cartoon. And I'm sure we have since, but... Even with even like the Star Wars one that came out, the Clone Wars cartoon movie, they just didn't do that good in the theaters, right? Yeah, because people weren't really like into it. It, it was a it yeah. was a cartoon that they were watching, and then uh, so you know, I just don't, I just don't know if anything marketing wise would have helped it. I have an I have a very easy answer. Okay, um, go for it. In my opinion. Nightmare Before Christmas came out in October of 93. I would have included this as like a extra sneak peek. Like give me give me the first five minutes of the movie where like they're fighting in the parking mm-hmm. garage and gauge some interest as almost like a like a preview teaser before the movie. Almost kind of like how Tom Cruise comes out and talks before all of his movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So where it's yeah. like if you like the world of Tim Burton, obviously he worked on the two previous Batman movies in a couple of years prior to this. I feel like that's still in-house enough that you could have done that. Although that was Disney at the time, so that might have been harder to work around. Or my more fun example is uh, House of the Future pop-up bars. <laughs> Ooh. With flyers. <laughs> I with love flyers that. that advertise the movie, obviously. And a raffle every night for two tickets. Okay. It's a good idea. You got a hazel bartender. Guy comes in just like the Joker, maybe. And Batman the Animated Series is playing on the TVs. That's what I would do. I'm actually kind of sick that I gave that idea away for free because <laughs> we could totally do that. But yeah, that's that that's my marketing scheme. My scheme 
is uh I don't know how old Neil Druckmann was at the time of this movie coming out, but I'm gonna say uh Mask of the Phantasm video game. Oh Neil I'm gonna Druckmann say again. a fully fledged, I mean what 1993 Cal. What was that at that time? Was it uh SNES probably? SNES, yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking SNES full fledged, like oh like Metroidvania style or like a roguelite style, like puzzle platformer you're fucking fighting guys in arkham but you're also like fighting against the phantasm you're trying to figure out what's going on it was like a full-fledged video game i'm thinking that's the marketing ploy that we need like not a not a some bs neil Druckmann is 15 years old (laughs) he could have done it i bet he could have done it he could have done it he could he could have done it he probably did anything he probably already did yeah so that's my answer all right the second question that Mark Pace asked is he says, quote, so many of the animated series villains became permanent parts of Batman's rogues gallery following the show with some notable characters, even not existing before the show. We hardly see the phantasm story retold and we almost never see the villain recreated in other series. Why do you think that that is? I think it's hard. I think it's hard to capture that character without Dana portraying it a and b as much as i like the the phantasm appearance and everything i think the whole orchestration of the character is revolved around the reveal that it is bruce wayne's long lost love and once that reveal happens it's a little bit harder for it to have a compelling story as a villain yeah i mean it was all about revenge right revenge on these four specific specific people if there wasn't if there there isn't that story it's not really a compelling character whatsoever so yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And Mark's last question is: If you were to cast this today for a live action adaptation, Fuck who yeah. would you cast for Batman? <sighs> so he's specifically just asking for Batman. If you were to cast this today for a live action adaptation, today. who would you cast? Today for being so, the keyword. Today, today, the year of our Lord, twenty twenty three. We're recording this Saturday, December sixteenth, twenty twenty three. Who I'm ready to cast? go, but I want I want Zach to go first. Oh God, I I'm so I'm just reading the questions. Let's, let's boil this down. <laughs> let's boil this down. You need a Batman, an Andrea, a Joker, and a Sal Valestra. Those are the four that you have to cast. Okay, four okay. four characters. Obviously, I would love to cast the whole movie, but you know, time is of the essence. And we can't cast somebody that's already been cast. You can if Batman. you want. I don't I don't think that's a good idea. I'm, I'm blowing this up, boys. Could happen. Somebody yeah, I I feel it's, like it's, it's, it's Tra- Travis Kelsey is Batman. <laughs> Taylor Swift is uh <laughs> That movie's going to make a mil- millions of dollars. Billions of dollars, kids. He's a smart businessman. This guy's a smart businessman. Everyone wants to see that. Video. I'm not going to lie. Come on. We want to see that. Kelsey, I've seen him in commercials. That guy's charismatic he'd be batman love it <laughs> i'm into it i mean from a schemey perspective like man you're gonna make who so do you much got for your money. joker and your your salvalestra yeah uh, andy reed is star the joker. world <laughs> patrick mahomes <laughs> mahomes that's every kind of music genre you need right there with chain smokers came through dj khaled came through oh. 10 whole pigs 
Gosh, I don't even know who's uh who's the best method actor that's not Joaquin old Phoenix and... as the Joker. No, that we that I don't hate. Um, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I think uh what do, what do you think about uh who's the guy from Superbad? Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah is the Joker. <laughs> I want to see that. I want to see some Wasn't Sarah he, Joker actor. Michael Sarah was it. Robin in the Lego Batman movie, right? Yeah, was. yeah, he was. I, I want to see Sarah really stretch it and be nuts. Yeah, yeah. Sal Valestra, you got anything? Hmm. And we're we're talking old Sal, not young Sal. Marlon Brando. They're de they're <laughs> digitally de aging people. Harrison Ford. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Zach, did you have time to think? Uh, I don't know if I have one for every single answer, but here's what I'm going to say for Batman. I I think that I would love to see Jeremy Allen White as Batman. Um, short Batman. Short Kings rise up, baby. <laughs> we're, we're here. We're here. We're short. Get over it. Yeah. We uh we have the same rights as any of you tall people. We're fine. Um, we're we're good, worthy of we're just as deserving of love as all of you. Uh, we're just love sure. you. You definitely are. Thank you. Love you, kid. Um, but yeah, Jeremy Allen White. I think he has the intensity. I'm excited to see the Iron Claw that comes out in theaters in the next. Uh, I think next week or something like that. So I'm excited to see that movie. But I think that Jeremy Allen White could could probably bring the intensity of Batman. So I think that he would be a cool Batman. He would just be a little bit shorter than normal, but that's fine. <laughs> Normalize being short. For Joker, I'm going to go Larry David. Okay. Ooh, okay. Getting weird with it. And for your Sal Valestra? Uh, Tommy DeVito. The Tommy DeVito, the quarterback. Yeah, the quarterback for the New York, New York Giants. He's going to need a career. <laughs> he needs to do something other than football because Lord knows he's not going to survive another season. So, yeah, Tommy DeVito is going to be Sal Valestri. And you're Andrea Beaumont. Uh, Emma Stone. Got to be. Yeah. Got to mm. be. I love Emma yeah. Stone. I love her and everything she does. She's my crush in this world. Uh, also, if, if Emma Stone denies the role, then I would also give it to... Um, uh, what's her name from Spider-Man? Kristen Dunst. You know, Kristen Dunst. Dunst. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> Baby corn teeth. Yeah, Snagglepuss. <laughs> so I'm assuming that I have an unlimited budget and yep. we're working off of uh, whatever we want. So I'm actually doing a, Angelina Jolie. A little bit of new, a little bit of old. I'm going Ben Affleck as my Batman. I want to see wow. Ben Affleck in a love story. I'm doing J Lo as the Phantasm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm also I'm also doing. Oh Emma- no! No, I'm also doing Emma Stone as Andrea. I think that's the clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. For my yeah, Sal Valestra, I'm going Harvey Keitel. Wow. And for okay. and for my Dang. Joker, I'm going Leonardo DiCaprio. I think it's time to give it to him. Let Leo him as the Joker. Yep. Leo and Ben to, Affleck are similar in age, and I feel like that that would be really fun. And Leo as a villain is also funny, and I think yeah. he could deliver. 
Pretty I'm sure. not fucking joking. <laughs> I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> you know who you know who is the same age as Leo though. You. It, this guy right here. I know. And you guys have sex with the same age women. So that's cool. <laughs> oh, cut that. <laughs> cut that, cut that, cut that. Cut that, cut that. All right. What's our next email? Oh right? man, that was that was amazing. Woo! Oh my god. All right. <laughs> We've got one more email left and we can read it re- real quick. Uh we got an email from Tahir. Shout out. That's my roommate. Good All to right, to hear. We saw him in the background yeah. earlier. Yeah, he was walking by making nachos earlier. Yeah. Uh, to hear, send an email. No subject. Perfect. <laughs> All he right. says, Where does Phantasm land on the tier list of Batman villains in terms of strength? So, to hear is wanting to know where does the Phantasm list on your guys' ranking of Batman villains? In terms of strength, in terms of he wants to know who can who it can beat, essentially, I think. I guess. I mean, you're in the room with Tahir, so if you want to clarify with like, he's he's asleep, probably, but he's probably high as balls right now. Maybe. Um so I feel like this is gonna be hard to answer because we're not entirely sure what its power levels are, right? We I seem to know. think it's optical illusions and trickery. I think that they're mostly optical illusions. Yeah, I don't think it's like any sort of... So like in terms of strength, strength, it's definitely not better than Clayface or Croc or no. Bane. Freeze, or definitely Freeze. not. No. Yeah. Man Bat, no. No. Rache, so, no. No. Joker, um, clearly not. I think it's got to be pretty... Huh? I mean, to be but, honest, I think it's got to be pretty low on the fucking list. Yeah. I think it might be um, like out of the out of the top ten. Uh, higher than Riddler, Two Face. Definitely higher than two. Definitely higher than Riddler and Two Face. I think. Okay. Wow. Higher than Catwoman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Higher than Poison Ivy. Maybe Ooh, not. No. 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 Ivy's no. Got Poison Ivy's cooler than. Okay. Panty. Yeah. Okay. She's okay. Got the... Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> higher than. <laughs> what about um? Fuck. What's that villain's name? I guess it's Mad Hatter. Batman villain. Captain definitely, Clown. Definitely better than Captain Clown and Mad Hatter <laughs> in terms of strength. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Batman villains. Let me look it up real quick. You think I would be able to fire these off? I mean, Professor Pig. Better than Professor Pig. Hush. Mm. Who is Professor Pig? <laughs> oh, dude, Professor Pig's fucked. Some fucked up shit right there. <laughs> what about Black Mask? The worst than Black Mask. Penguin. Even McGregor. Penguin, yeah. This is strength, Zach, not necessarily performance. Oh, this is oh, Could they beat them in a fight? What Deadshot? about the, no. the immortal guy? Rache, I already said that. We no, 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 not not Vandal really. Savage, dude. If it's yeah. who could beat them in a fight, it's like Phantasm's got to be about the bottom of the list because like Phantasm is cool, but like their power, their power. We don't really know what their power is, though. No, it's all just like illusions, and they just kind of you know like your angel of death approaches, but then they like fucking fuck off and then they go to Starbucks. Scarecrow. Oh yeah, Scarecrow, Scarecrow be like gassing the shit out of them. So let's say outside the top ten. Yeah, just to be on the safe the side. 10. Yep. In terms right, of like here. personal fisticuffs, I don't think they crack. They don't throw hands with the, the top no. like 
five to six no, Batman villains. Agree. Not in the top ten. I I agree. Cool. Okay. All right. Thank you guys. Well, then for we have one more question from requests. to here. Oh, one shit. more from to here. All right. To here. To here. Followed up with the second question. He said, "Should the Phantasm ever get a reboot, new storyline, and potentially another person under the mask?" So, to here wants is actually to here really ends cool. us out by saying, like, what should we do about this story going forward? Like, should the Phantasm get a reboot? Should the character be rebooted? Like, what do you guys want to see? And I'll defer to you first, like, um, before I answer. I actually like the idea of somebody else being the Phantasm that isn't Andrea, so that the character itself can continue on in the same way that, like, Anarchy and, you know, other Batman villains might be able to. And it's another new mystery to find out who's the new Phantasm, you know? Andrea made her recent reappearance in the comics in Batman Catwoman, written by... Tom King, very important role in that. Really cool. Um, I don't want to spoil it for people, but I mean, here's my story. It's got a dark Phantasm, ending for sure. Phantasm comes back. Batman's trying to investigate it. It's been a while. Suddenly, it turns out that it's like him and Andreas' kid that took up the helm, and it's all Whoa. pissed that Batman Whoa. never showed up as the dad. And I mean, it's all played out. We've already written this. It's right there. And then we call it like Little Batman and we release it at Christmas. <laughs> little Batman. Batman. <laughs> little Bat. Little Pig Boy. Little Bat Boy. <laughs> you know. Not bad. All right. I say, I, I know this might be a hot take for you guys, but I would love to see a the phantasm story be adapted to a live action space so um nice i don't know maybe yeah maybe would you change who it is under the mask though no i think you do it just the way that you do it in the but we would all know going into the movie real ones would know but we all know that we all know all the disney movies before going in and we still go to see them (laughs) just playing devil's advocate that's fine I think I we it. would know, but like the general audiences, like my my girlfriend didn't know what the fuck was going on in that movie. But then, you know, you get sure. the experience of the twist. So I think I think you could do it. I think you just don't do you don't tell anybody what the twist is and you full send. See what happens. Perfect. Love it. Love it. And that is it. That is all the fan mail that we have. Thank you for everyone that wrote in. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you, Zach, for reading those. Uh, thank you both for joining us on this this journey into our celebration of Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, 30th anniversary. 30th. Merry Christmas, everybody. I just want to say real quick, I want to dedicate this episode of Radio Vision, Radiovania to the people that made this movie. I think this movie mm-hmm. is very important to us. Notably, some of the people that have uh, recently left us, including those not in the movie, but part of the Batman animated series family. Uh, thank you, Kevin Conroy, Arlene Sorkin. Thank you, Ephraim Zimbales Jr., Michael Ansara, Richard Mole, Boyd Kirkland, many others. There's a lot of people that worked on these these episodes of television, as well as people that worked on this movie specifically. And they've really left behind a legacy that is very important to me, very important to a lot of Batman and comic book fans. And I feel like I would be remiss if we didn't 
dedicate this to them. Um, thank you for your body of work. Thank you for everything that you have given us as fans. Really, really, really appreciate it. Zach. After this, we got more Batman stuff to talk about, right? So if people want to, people want to tune in, where do they go? If you want to listen to me and this beautiful fucking bastard over here with the, (laughs) with the lovely glasses and the slick back hair. If you want to listen to us talk about radio, about Batman, the animated series, you can do it in many different ways. Follow us, Radiovania.com. That's the easiest way. If you go to Radiovania.com, that'll take you to our podcast feed. You can subscribe there, or you can leave us a five-star review or, you know, whatever you want to do. If you're going to think about leaving a less than five-star review, you know, talk to me, baby. Let us know what's going on. We'd be happy to help you out. Maybe we can... You know, come to mutual understanding or whatever. But you can review the show there. You can listen to us there. You can subscribe on your own podcast feed and give us a five star review. Or you can email us radiovania show at gmail.com, just like Tahir did, just like it was in Mark. Mark. Mark did. Mark. Thank you guys so much for emailing us in. There was so much fun to be able to answer your guys' questions. Thank you, John Swan Song Parker. This dude organizing this entire fucking episode of Batman the animated series. This was this was no small feat. This guy this guy poured over these tomes for like weeks. Thank you. I appreciate that. It was so, uh it was not a chore by any stretch of the imagination. It's a true passion of mine to talk about this show and this movie and just Batman and DC comics in general, but but specifically this version of everything within that universe means the world to me. I truly do think that it is the best representation of DC comics and will never be topped on screen. So I am always down to talk about any of the nineties to two thousands DC projects for sure. Well, your passion is not unnoticed and we couldn't do this episode without you. And thank you for taking the time to do the episode synopsis and reading all the trivia facts and all that stuff. So Big round of applause for Swansong Parker over there. John Swansong Parker, he did a great job. Uh, Everybody, thank you to Uncle Cal. Uncle Cal is always, whenever we talk about the like what people want to see on this podcast, the most commonly referred to thing is we want more Uncle Cal. He's always the most commonly requested guest on the show, and we're so glad that he was here to talk to us about Mask of the Phantasm. So thank you, Cal. We appreciate you so much for being on. Hey, I'm just happy to be invited. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Tell, Let me know tell, when you want me on next. Well, you're always welcome. Tell Matt you're that we missed welcome. him. And uh, Matt, if you're listening, uh, thank you for for thinking of us during this pod. But, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we covered everything you want to talk about. If not, send us an email and we'll talk about it on the next installment. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening. We appreciate you. Exactly. Thank you for being here, by the way. Yeah, thanks. We Zach. appreciate thank you, you, Betty. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys being here to appreciate me. But yeah, I love, I love you, kid. This episode is going live on Christmas Day, which Christmas is Day. Uh, the 30th anniversary of Mask of the Phantasm. So um, before we close the episode out, I think we'll just do a little a little goodbye from each one of us. So. John, Uncle Cal, myself, um, 30th anniversary. This episode goes live on Christmas Day. 
what do you want to say to the what do you want to say to the people and then we'll close if this it came out on christmas day it's a christmas movie pop this bad boy on for your family and uh, no one will be disappointed merry christmas from your uh your favorite sexy podcaster how do i follow that <laughs> sexy podcaster huh your angel of death awaits <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Have a happy holiday and a Merry Christmas. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. I hope you all enjoy uh, the time. And we appreciate you at Radiovania. Thank you for listening to this episode. Yes. A Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. John, give me a Mask of the Phantasm quote to end the episode. Why, sir, I think you're the true definition of sanity. And by the way, I've pressed your tights and put away your exploding gas balls. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good night.